across the UK, online and on DAB. Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Talk Radio. Evening, dear listener. I think we've got the night right tonight. We're going to be celebrating the magic of Peter Tatchell. The man is an absolute legend, and he's going to be coming on, and then we'll take your phone calls. Anyone can call in about absolutely anything you want. No Brexit. No Trump. Boring. 0344-499-1000 is the telephone number. You give me a call, we call you back. Hold off for a little bit, though, while we um, have a little chat with Peter Tatcher, and then you can call him with anything you want. I'm Ian Lee. This is Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Russian nationalists shouting death to homosexuals have attacked demonstrators calling for the right to hold a gay pride march in Moscow. British activist Peter Tatchell was knocked to the ground, kicked and punched in the face before being taken away by riot police. The right said Fred Singer Richard Fairbrass was beaten up as he tried to talk to journalists and two European politicians were also briefly detained. Viewers may find some of these pictures distressing. This is what happens to gay rights campaigners in Moscow. They'd gathered to call for a gay pride march in the city, something the mayor of Moscow has described as satanic. They were confronted by a group of Orthodox Christians and right-wing nationalists. The chant means Russia without homosexuals. The British campaigner Peter Tatchell was among the gay rights group. First of all, he had water thrown at him. Then he was punched in the face. (laughs) Yet he was the one then led away by the police. Um, If you've not seen that, it's incredible. It's on YouTube. I thoroughly recommend um, having a look. Just type in Peter Tatchell, Moscow. Um, and that is, I think, in 2007 in Moscow. And the footage is, um, it's remarkable. You know, when he says he gets smacked in the face, he gets smacked in the face and then is taken away and is arrested. Um, Peter Tatchell fascinates me, absolutely fascinates me, because um, constantly um, confronts bigotry and hatred um, and and seems to be absolutely fearless. Last week, when I thought we had him on, we had the weeks wrong. I was um, I, I spent a good hour watching loads of videos, and I'm sure lots of you will have seen him trying to place uh, Mugabe uh, under a citizen's arrest, and he gets another kick in, and he gets a slap, and he gets knocked to the floor, and it's it's absolutely horrific. And Peter Tatchell is one of those those names, one of those faces that kind of pop up. Um, just, just constantly pop up, and I, I just think the man is an absolute legend. You know, it is like a, seeing some of these videos. If you've ever seen the program Balls of Steel, it's kind of like a more advanced version of that. It's incredible. And I thought we'd invite Peter on to have a little chat about why he does these things, how he first did these things, and by coincidence, he did one of these things at the at the weekend, and the video of that is, has gone all around the place. I'm hoping Peter Tatchell's on the line. Are you there, Peter? I am Ian. Yes, Thank greetings. You. I'm so sorry we got the week wrong last week. We were a week out, and I was tweeting you going, oh, "I'm so excited, Peter Tatchell's coming on," and you went, "Um, I don't think I am coming on." So I apologise if I kind of um, gave you a little bit of a scare. 
That's fine. That's fine. I'm, I'm sorry that uh, for those expecting me last week, they had to wait a whole extra week. A whole extra week. That, um, that clip I played, that, that's from Moscow, 2007. What do you remember about that trip? Well, I went there to Moscow at the invitation of Russian LGBT campaigners. Um, they wanted to exercise their right under Russian law to hold a gay pride parade. Uh, the Russian constitution states... That is the citizen's right to hold a protest. And, uh, of course, when they applied to hold a gay pride parade, uh, the result was very different. Disregarding the law and the constitution, the mayor of Moscow banned the parade point blank. So I went there to support those Russian activists who said, we will exercise our democratic right regardless of what the mayor says. Um, and as you uh, saw and heard in that little clip, mm. um, yeah, we were we were set upon by neo Nazis and the police colluding together, and I was very badly beaten, uh, almost unconscious, and ended up with uh, permanent brain and eye damage. This sounds like a really simple question, but maybe it's not. Why? Why do you do it? Why do you put yourself in those situations, Peter? I feel, rightly or wrongly, that I have a duty to help people who are suffering and struggling for their freedom. Mm. If I was in their position, I would want someone to help me. So I think at least I can reciprocate that. I, I can I can do something, maybe something small, maybe not very significant. But I know that when I went to Moscow that time, it was a huge morale boost yeah. for the Russian activists um, and, and their straight friends and allies to have me go there and support them. And, you know, I got a bashing. Um, other years, they got a bashing. I think it's really important that we all stand together and um, we send a signal to the Putin regime that they may be tyrannizing their own people, gay and straight, yeah. but we're going to make sure the world sees it. And I think because I went along uh, to Moscow that year, I bought quite a lot of British media and other Western media who were there because I was there and they filmed what happened mm. and it showed in a very, very obvious and clear way the brutality of the putin regime you know we were we were peaceful protesters mm. we weren't threatening insulting or doing anything wrong other than seeking to exercise our lawful right under the russian constitution and that's the way they treated us and, and you could see really clearly the way the moscow city police and the riot squad were in cahoots mm. with the neo-nazis and the extreme nationalists. They oh, are working together like a team. It's, rem it's remarkable footage. It's incredible. And then it got the, the report goes on, and um, Richard Fairbrass from Right Said Fred rocks up, and he, he's missed what's happened to you, and he's being interviewed. He says, I'll just come here to support, and he's all smiles. And then the same thing happens to him. He gets assaulted in an horrendous manner. He doesn't get arrested. He manages to escape, but it really is. Um, do you, get, you, you must be scared in those situations. Oh, I am. Yeah, I, I, I you know, I, I freely admit that um, I'm terrified. Um, but somehow I sort of think to myself, well, it might be dangerous, but I'll probably get away with it. Uh, <laughs> well, that's, that's, my, that's my calculation. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and also, I think to myself, I do have the protection of a British passport. Yep. 
um, they're probably less likely to harm me. Although, of course, the neo-Nazis didn't know whether I was British or Russian. They just saw me as part of the, yeah. the, 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 the protest group, and they went for all of us, you know, fists and boots flying. Uh, but, you know, it's true that any one of them could have had a knife and just plunged it into my heart, and mm. I would have been dead. Um, Peter, how did you get involved with all of this? When, when you were growing up, what, what, do you remember what, I don't want to say what the first protest was. It's like I'm talking about the first album you bought. But what, how did you kind of know that this is the sort of thing you wanted to do? Well, it never started off like that. Um, you know, my passion as a teenager was art and design. I wanted to be an architect, but my parents couldn't afford to send me to university, which cost money in those days in my homeland of Australia. Yeah. It cost a lot of money, in fact. Um, so that was my ambition, my desire. But I can remember at the age of 11 in 1963, reading in the papers and seeing on the TV news about the murder of four young black girls in a church in Birmingham, Alabama. Mm. And I thought to myself, how can anyone kill another human being, let alone four young girls in church on a Sunday morning? Mm. And that really revolted me, and, and it made me so distressed. They were about my own age, so I, I, I really I related to them and thought, hey, if I'd been there and I'd been black, it could have been me. Yeah. So that prompted an interest in the black civil rights movement. And uh, because I was brought in a very devoutly religious family, a devoutly Christian family, I very much related to Martin Luther King as a Baptist minister. Um, but it wasn't until I was 15 uh, in 1967 that I actually did my first ever protest. And that was against the death penalty. In those days, there was still capital punishment in the state of Victoria, mm. in Australia. And uh, an escaped prisoner, Ronald Ryan, was going to be hanged for allegedly shooting dead a prison warder during a jailbreak. Now, I read some of the newspaper reports, in particular the report, the autopsy report on the uh, dead warder's body. And I worked out that from where the prisoner, escaped prisoner, was standing, and where the warder was standing when he was shot, reading the autopsy report about the trajectory of the bullet through mm. the warder's body, the prisoner, the escaped prisoner, almost certainly could not have fired the fatal shot. Mm. The, the bullet would have to have done almost a U-turn in midair. Yeah. So um, I got involved in, 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 the protest, in the protest to try and save his life. Sadly, he was hanged anyway. And that really shattered my confidence and trust in the government, the police, and the court. I thought to myself, how could they hang a man when there was at least some doubt about his guilt? Then, you know, that, it, that it wasn't guilt beyond reasonable doubt. It was actually, actually not guilt mm. uh, you know, with, with some considerable degree of um, evidence. Um, and that prompted me to really become a lifelong skeptic of authority. It's not that I'm against authority, full stop, or per, per se. But we need to ask but questions I, but I always about them. question it. I question it. Yeah, it's interesting. You mentioned the the, the, the girls, the black girls being murdered in in uh, Alabama, and the uh, the, the, the capital project. Because I naively assumed that um, your first kind of protest would have been 
gay rights. Because I, I imagine, I don't know, but I imagine growing up when you did in Australia that being a young gay man was, was quite a difficult situation to, to be in. Well, it was. In, in the state of Victoria in uh, the 1960s, in fact, right up until 1981, homosexuality was a very serious criminal offence. Was it that late? Wow. You, you, you could be jailed for several years wow. and forced to undergo compulsory psychiatric hospital. Uh, treatment in a mental hospital. I mean, that, that's what it was like. So how did, and, ga- how uh, did gay men and women... I, I guess it was, all, it was all undercover and all secret and all coded. That's right. And, and when I was growing up, there were no gay organisations, no helplines, no counselling services, absolutely nothing. So it was a very scary yeah. and lonely existence. And a dangerous one, because yeah. queer bashing was rife. Yeah. And I've got to say... The police used to go out to the gay, to the gay cruising areas and themselves beat up gay people. Wow. And in those days, the police were above the law. You couldn't do anything about it. Yeah. You know, gay men were badly beaten up by queer bashers and sometimes, not saying all the time, but, but sometimes by police. And they got away with it. See, so that, 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 when I realized I was gay at the age of 17 yeah. and heard about these horror stories, I resolved that I wanted to do something. I never intended to make it a lifelong project or commitment, but I thought I want to do my little bit to help change this, to help change the bad mistreatment of the indigenous Aboriginal people of Australia, to end Australia's involvement in the Vietnam War, and to fight for LGBT equality. Um, it is, um, 1981, I mean, I'm saying that's recent, but when, when did it become legal in this country? It was 67 or 68, wasn't it? Something so, you know, only uh, just um, over a decade No, before. no, 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 no. No, that, go on. That's a big misconception. Go on, go on. There, go on. there, there was a part, uh, up until 1967, yeah. homosexuality in this country was punishable by life imprisonment. <laughs> wow. Life imprisonment in 1967. Yeah. And the same kind of thing, um, sometimes forced psychiatric treatment. Yeah. Because... It was deemed that homosexuality was a sickness, an illness that needed to be cured. Um, so 1967 was a partial, limited decriminalization. Right. But all the anti-gay laws, some of them dating back centuries, remained on the statute books. So the law that sent Oscar Wilde to prison in 1895, the anti-gay law that jailed him, was only repealed, finally, in 2003. Bloody hell, I did not know that. The law against anal sex, which was passed in the reign of King Henry VIII in 1533, <laughs> was only repealed 13 years ago. Oh, man. These, these laws remained oh. on the statute book, yeah. but they weren't prosecuted in certain narrow circumstances. Uh, after 1967, the repression of gay people became even worse. It seemed that the reaction of the police was, we've given you an inch, you're not getting, you know, even even eighth of an inch more. Yeah. Oh. Um, and so the number of convictions of gay and bisexual men rocketed by nearly 400% in the five years after 1967. In 1989, at the height of the conservative government's anti-gay you know, propaganda and anti-gay rhetoric, uh, coinciding, of course, with the AIDS hysteria and yeah. the Gay men were demonised and blamed oh, the, for the, the gay, epidemic. the gay plague. The gay plague Absolutely. was a phrase that was bandied around. That's right. That's God's right. God's punishment. Absolutely. Well, coinciding with that, in 1989, over 2,000 
gay and bisexual men were convicted in England and Wales for consenting adult same-sex behaviour. Wow. Over 2,000. That's almost as great as in 1954-55, when homosexuality was totally illegal, punishable by life imprisonment, and the country was gripped by an anti-gay witch hunt. Yeah. And, And people... Don't seem to realise this. No, no. Well, I didn't realise it. You've educated me tonight, um, Peter. Um, but of course, we are in an almost different country today. Mm. You know, up until 1999, Britain had by volume the largest number of anti-gay laws of any country in the world. Some of them dating back decades and centuries. Mm. Now, today, we have some of the best laws. Mm. So, just think about it. 1999 to 2016, in 17 years, Mm. we have repealed all the anti-gay laws. We have changed public attitudes so that support for gay rights is now the majority public opinion. That has been an extraordinary social liberalization, Mm. which has transformed the lives of, you know, one or two or three million LGBT people in this country. You know, I'm not saying things are perfect now. They're not. But, boy, they're much, much better than they were. And I want to pay tribute to straight people because, of course, the struggle was led by LGBT people, lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender people. But we could have never succeeded without the support of our straight friends and allies. So I thank them. I thank everybody who's walked and marched and lobbied and supported the gay equal rights movement. Gay or straight, you are heroes and heroines, and I want to really thank you for the bottom of my heart. It's always, from a very young age, um, struck me as, I've never... I've never been able to understand the the, the hatred that people feel towards people because someone's a different colour. And also the hatred that people feel towards someone just for because of who they love, you know, because 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 and I've you know I've 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 been in the same room as people who have hatred for people because they love someone of the same sex. I don't get it, man. Love is what it's all about, you know. And the fact that there is, you know, it's still around this this hatred and this um narcissism. I've got to ask you, Peter, um, Robert Mugabe. Mm-hmm. Trying to now was this in was this in Brussels you did this or was it in London? Well, there were two attempts. Oh man, okay. Go in in nineteen ninety nine, with some colleagues from the LGBT group Outrage, we ambushed his motorcade in central London, mm. and then in two thousand and one, I tried to arrest him in the lobby of the Hilton Hotel in Brussels. And it's the it's I think it's the the one I'm the, the, the Brussels one is the one that I watched most recently. I mean, it's all incredible footage. You tried to put him under a citizen's arrest for his his um, if I've got this right for his awful human um, uh, rights record. Um, and again, a, a, a te- it looked. I mean, you you look scared as you're doing it. Um, it talk us through that because it was an horrific experience. Yeah, I mean, I, I got a late-night tip-off on Friday night that um, Mugabe was going on a state visit to Belgium, and I was given his full itinerary. So I, I decided that the best place to try and you know, ambush him or you know, put him under arrest was as he left the Hilton Hotel, where he was scheduled to meet um one of the European commissioners to discuss trade and aid deals. Yeah. So I knew he was going to be in the hotel. He had to exit at some point. He'd have to come through the lobby. Therefore, I would wait in the lobby and try and arrest him as, as, he, as he walked out to get into his limousine. So uh, I, I tried to look 
discreet, so I, I played the hapless tourist, and I, 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 I positioned myself in one of the boutiques in the lobby yeah. and turned away looking out of the building, but in a way that I could see the reflection of the inside of the lobby yeah. in the plate glass. So they couldn't see, because I was afraid that, given I tried to arrest him in London in 1999, his bodyguards might recognize, or he might recognize yeah. me. Um, go out so I, use that, I use that subterfuge. Mm. Um, so when he came out of the lift and started walking through the lobby towards the uh, revolving door, I was looking in the um, plate glass window following his movements. And as his entourage came parallel with me, I then stumbled out into the middle of his entourage like a hapless tourist. Oh, but I, I, I smiled and beamed and held out my hand to shake his. And that disarmed all the people around him because they thought I was a well-wisher. Fantastic. So they sort of moved out of the way and let me get through. I got, <laughs> I got, I got, I got you know, just a, two or three feet away from him. Um, and then I said, President Mugabe, you're under arrest on charges of torture. Torture is a crime under international bang, whack in the head. Yeah. Uh, and then the bodyguards dragged me over into the corner. And in that, um, I think it's a Reuters footage, you can hear them giving the banging me on the head with their fist. You can hear yeah. my, my skull cracking, you know. Um, uh, anyway, I, I was virtually, well, knocked down on the floor by the blows. And then what was funny was the rest of his entourage tried to rush him out of the building, so they piled into the revolving door, but then tried to push it and to force it, and it got stuck. Oh, it's like uh, the Keystone Cops or Inspector exactly. Clouseau. Fantastic. So, so Mugabe and about 60 of his bodyguards were stuck in the revolving door. Beautiful. Then they were banging on the glass to the, to the bodyguards who were attacking me to kind of help <laughs> them to release the revolving door. Oh. So as the bodyguards left to try and release the revolving door, I scampered out through the fire exit and ran around into the, in, into the front of the hotel and stood on the other side <laughs> of the plate glass revolving door. And Mugabe was standing right in front of me. We were, we were like... You know, a sheet of plate glass yeah. divided us, but we were about 18 inches apart. Oh, incredible. And I was shouting, arrest the torturer, arrest <laughs> the murderer, put Mugabe on trial. <laughs> and then eventually um, I was grabbed by Belgian Secret Service agent. Yeah. They slammed me very roughly up against the plate glass windows. But in the meantime, Mugabe's people did release the revolving door. Then they rushed up. Some of them rushed over. They put him in the car and the others rushed over and started beating me. Mm. Um, and then at that point, you know, cameras came around and demanded to know, who are you? Why are you beating this peaceful protester? Um, so while they were distracted, I scampered between their legs and ran out into the driveway just as Mugabe's limousine was leaving and stood right in front of it. So it screeched to a halt. And then that was my denouement. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you do make it the, 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 the bodyguards came out, and then I was beaten unconscious. And I, I, I woke up. Well, I think I was only briefly unconscious, and only probably for you know thirty seconds or a couple of minutes or something. Uh, but uh, by the time I woke up, the, his entourage had long departed. Um, uh, and isn't it strange that we can laugh about a story that ends up with you being beaten unconscious? But you do make it. You know that, that, that your character is the hapless tourist, and the den- you do make it sound very much like a theatrical performance. Is there an element of performance when you're doing these things? Well, I see it more like a military operation. Right. I mean, the, 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 the planning that goes into all these, you know, you know, protests, it's, 
they're very well worked out. And I've usually got a plan A and a plan B and sometimes even a plan C. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm, it's all very well thought out about what I'm trying to achieve and what the effect would be. So I never intended to get beaten unconscious. No. I was prepared to and didn't expect to be roughed up a bit. Um, and I thought that if that happened and there were TV cameras around, that would be uh, very good to show the brutality of Mugabe's regime. What happened was, of course, something much worse than I expected. And mm. it's another instance where I've got brain and eye damage as a result. Um, I think that the, looking at it on the bright side, Uh-oh. first of all, I was, wasn't injured nearly as badly as thousands of democracy protesters yeah. have been injured in Zimbabwe itself. Many of them have been maimed and even killed. So I think I got off lightly. Yeah. The other thing is that I think most people who saw that film footage concluded if Mugabe is prepared to beat up a peaceful protester in the heart of a European capital city in broad daylight in front of TV cameras, mm. just imagine what he's doing to his own people when no one is watching. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a very, very effective way to shine a spotlight on the brutality of his regime. Um, how do you relax, Peter? When, when, you've, when you've done that, when you've been beaten unconscious and you've been, you've, I'm assuming you get checked out in the hospital, what, what do you do when you go home to kind of de-stress? Well, <laughs> if you ask me the question, how do I relax? My answer is very rarely and with difficulty. <laughs> The stress isn't good for you, Peter. The stress is what's going to kill you. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah, I do, do have to watch it. Um, my, my stress levels are astronomical. Yeah, I bet. Um, because it, it's a very, very intense experience. And, you know, I, I'm always incredibly nervous, partly about failing and not succeeding, and partly because of the fear of what the consequences might be. You know, getting arrested is the least of it, but being, you know, beaten up and getting some, you know, permanent damage... That is always a, a thought, you know, and always a, always a concern. But somehow I just think to myself, well, again, if I was suffering like this, I'd want someone to take some risk yeah. for me. You know, if I can do something that helps raise public awareness and puts people in power under pressure, then it's worth the risk. Are you surprised sometimes at actually how easy it is to get access? I'm, I'm thinking of the... Um... The, the, the clip of you disrupting, um, is it the Archbishop of Canterbury, his Easter sermon? And, and that's it. there's like a look, you, you kind of just burst in, and there's a look of surprise on your face, almost that you, that you managed, that you got that far and you're stood in the pulpit with him. Yeah, I mean, sometimes um, I am sort of <laughs> gobsmacked. I mean, in the route to Iraq war, which I was very much against, I ambushed Tony Blair's motorcade. I heard that he was going to meet the German Chancellor, then Gerhard Schroeder, at the Royal Academy in Piccadilly. So I wanted to do a protest against the Iraq war to oppose this, 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 this senseless and illegal, unjust war, yeah. which I'd know, there was no, we, everybody knew that weapons of mass destruction didn't exist, that this 45-minute warning was nonsense. Um, I wanted to do something, so I decided I was going to ambush his motorcade. And, and this is, a, this is a, a tactic that I perfected, because getting near to or accessible to world leaders is very difficult. Mm. But the one vulnerability they have is when they're traveling from A to B, because there can't be a police person 
on every street corner and every, every, every stretch of road. So I decided I was going to try and ambush his motorcade. Now, this was in the time when the IRA was still doing nasty stuff. Yeah. Uh, and there was a terror, other terrorist threats as well. So I uh, w- was mindful that I had to be careful. Uh, so the, what I did was I took a calculated guess that he would travel with the traffic. So he'd go up Park Lane and then come along Piccadilly towards uh, the World Academy. So I lay in wait in a gift shop. It was actually called Gifts of London <laughs> on Piccadilly. I, I was to position myself in the back of the shop, yeah. but with an eye line up the street so I could see any approaching motorcade. Mm. And, um, you know, the, all, all around, all, the whole street was teeming with police walking up and down, standing on the street. There were sharpshooters on the rooftops. Um, Anyway, I lay in wait, and of course, my big worry was if Tony Blair has to go to the Royal Academy, so does Gerhard Schroeder. Mm. Let's hope I ambushed the right car. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the, up, the upshot was I knew what time the meeting was. I think it was about five o'clock. Yeah. Come, come, I think seven minutes to five, I see the flashing motorcycle outriders Beautiful. of the police. Yeah. And I think. I just hope this is Tony Blair in his car. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so what I did, I waited until they were about maybe 50 yards uh, up the street. And then I walked straight out the shop door, straight across the road. And let, by that time, the motorcycle outriders had gone and the first car had gone. And that first car is usually special branch, yeah. um, diplomatic protection people. And then I just ran out straight in front of the next car which happened to be that of the Prime Minister, Tony Blair. Wow. Wow. It screeched to, it screeched to a halt about nine inches from my legs. Yeah. Then I pulled out a placard from under my jacket and held it up. And there was Tony Blair on the back of his car, rolling his eyes. <laughs> oh, bloody Alex, Peter Tatchell, we've been tatchled! <laughs> but what, was, what, was, what struck me as strange, or I was there for what seemed like an eternity. Yeah. When you're doing something like this, 30 seconds seemed to be five minutes. Yeah. Uh, it probably only took a minute, but there was a really long delay before um, special branch and armed protection officers jumped out of the car behind, because I don't think they'd seen me jump in front of his limousine. Yeah, they I didn't see. know why it had stopped. Um, and I think their procedure is obviously, you know, presumably for security reasons, the, the standard procedure is not to immediately jump out of your vehicle yeah. in case this is a stop, which you know, you're going to be all sprayed with machine gun fire by a terrorist. Anyway, so it took them about a minute to actually get out of the vehicle. And then I decided I wasn't going to go quietly. So I held on under the chassis, the front chassis of the car to make them, you know, I'll I'll make them work to get rid of me. In the meantime, I was shouting out, you know, um, know, against the Iraq war. Um, In the end, they did, you know, it took about three officers, um, bagged my legs, arms, and around my waist, yanked me away from the Prime Minister's car. And accidentally, when they did that, my fingers clipped his number plate, and three of the screws popped out. (laughs) The Prime Minister's number plate was hanging and dangling and swinging back and forth on one screw. And who said protests don't achieve anything? So I I was taken, I think, to Vine Street Police Station, which was not not far away, but the police were very, very angry. 
because I breached, you know, top security. Well, you'd embarrass them, yeah. Yeah, I embarrassed them. So they, they put those fixed handcuffs on me. Right. They're like little stocks, and they squeeze them really tight. Yeah. So they cut into my wrist, and then they twisted it. And it feels like a knife oh. is cutting into your wrist. It's absolute agony. And they, they did that. The officer did that. I wasn't resisting arrest or anything. They did that. In my opinion, it was malicious. That was but anyway, right, yeah. by the time we got to this police station, other officers arrived to interrogate me. And um, uh, so I said, yeah, okay, if, if, if you let me make a phone call, I'll, 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 I'll give you a full brief. And my brief to them was, you know, what, what I, I don't basically tell them what I did and how I did it, but I made the point, if I had had an Uzi submachine gun on the back of my jacket instead of a placard, mm. I could have potentially killed the prime minister. Yeah. Now, of course, the car is bulletproof. You know, there's bulletproof gas glass and armor plating but where the glass meets the frame of the window frame of the car mm. and in the door where the doors open and close those bits aren't mm. and if i'd put a nozzle in there with a high-powered weapon i could have potentially fired it mm. and potentially killed the prime minister so i said look you really do need to improve your security so they said, well, thank you very much for that, 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 that security <laughs> advice. And they all had a whip around to buy me, buy me something to eat. <laughs> Peter, I'm going to let you go in a second. We've kept you longer than we said. I could talk to you a lot. I find you so fascinating. I, I can't let you go without mentioning um, uh, what you did at the weekend. You, um, uh, you uh, interrupted a speech by Jeremy Corbyn um, to make a protest about Syria. I imagine that wasn't the hardest um, uh, uh, thing you've infiltrated. Why did why did you pick that speech, and why was it so important that you did that this week this weekend? Well, morally and difficult, uh, morally and ethically, uh, and even politically, it was a very difficult decision to take because basically, I'm a supporter of Jeremy Corbyn. Mm. Now, I think a lot of what he's proposing, he never gets a fair hearing, but a lot of what he's what he's proposing is really good and positive for the people of this country. But I think on Syria, he's got it wrong. Um, of course, he says that he's against the human rights abuses there. Yeah. But he never explicitly speaks out and denounces the Russian regime. I mean, he's, he is very vocal, and rightly so, in condemning Saudi war crimes in Yemen. And I support him 100% on that. Yeah. But he hasn't you know, tackled Russian and Assad war crimes in Syria with the same ferocity and explicitness. Mm. And, you know, in particular, um, you know, he says, or the Labour Party says, that they're in favour of airdropping aid to besieged civilians in cities like Aleppo and the, and, and the other cities and towns that are also under siege. Uh, food, medicine, fuel, clothes, blankets, and so on. But he says he's in favour of that, but he's never brought it to Parliament to mm. try and force a debate and a vote. And, you know, Joe Cox was a great champion of mm. humanitarian aid, the, the murdered Labour MP. Mm. And she was pressing for Labour to uh, demand and make parliamentary time for a debate and vote on humanitarian airdrops. Well, after all these months when Jeremy Corbyn had never come out and, and actually initiated anything in Parliament to get a debate and vote on airdrops, I thought... I have to challenge him. I have to challenge him. Much as I love him and support him in so many ways, 
I have to challenge him because he could have done that. Mm. You know, I've got to say, I was surprised, even when I raised this issue with him at that protest, he did not turn around and say, yes, I will go to Parliament Mm. and push for airdrops of humanitarian aid. That was a terrible, terrible mistake. He he could have turned that protest to his advantage. If he turned around and said, yes, Peter, I hear what you and the Syrians are saying, I'll, I'll, I'll go to Parliament this week and I will push for airdrops of humanitarian aid. That would have been a win-win for him. Yeah. But his silence or his evasion made it, you know, a, a bit of a negative. And I'm sorry about that because, you know, I do want him to be the Prime Minister. Have you spoken think... to him since? I, don't, I mean, I don't know how well you know him, but has he sent you a text or anything? Or have you spoken on the phone? No, but he, he did say uh, in his own uh, speech, uh, he thanked us for raising Syria. Mm. And he was he was gracious to give him give him his fairness. He was gracious. He could have been right, very irritable and you know nasty and denounced us. But he he, he said thank you, Peter and the Syrians, for raising the issue of Syria. So it does show the measure of the man that even though we interrupted yeah, his, yeah. His, his his speech, he he was ready to thank us, and that 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 shows the good side of him. And of course, the day was Human Rights Day, yeah. and this was a human rights speech. And I know he spoke about many other things, including domestic violence against women and sexual assaults on women, which are all very important. We didn't want to detract from that, but we really felt that the mass murder that's happening mm. in Syria today has to be an issue that you know, Labour has to not just say they support, but actively campaign for. You know, we've never had a Labour campaign of solidarity with Syrian Democrats and civil society activists. We've never had Labour supporting the bid to get the United Nations vote in the General Assembly Mm. for humanitarian aid. I mean, maybe they do privately, but they've never promoted it. They never publicly campaigned for it. And that really is a a big failing. Peter, having having said that, of course, the ultimate responsibility right now rests with the Conservative government. They are the government. They have the power to authorise the aid drops tomorrow. Oh, of course, but but you would hope that Labour would be kind of pushing them in, uh, you know, raising the issue and pushing it forward. Ab- absolutely, absolutely. And I, I, you know, I think that, you know, the opposition's role is to hold the government to account. And when the government is not acting to pursue humanitarian aid drops, the leader of the opposition mm. should be saying loud and clear, you are wrong, we want a vote, we want these aid drops to happen. Uh, Peter, uh, it's such a pleasure to talk to you. Congratulations as well on the Albert Medal you got for your tireless campaigning on human rights and social equality. I know you got that last month. Um, I think the world is is literally a much better place because of you and people like you who are prepared to do the most ridiculous, dangerous things in order to to raise awareness and and make change for people who perhaps don't get heard so much. I just want to say thank you, Peter, for everything you've done, because I think you're fab. Well, well, thank you, Ian. And uh, I've got to say, you, you did say you and people like you. And I want to emphasize yeah. that it's never been me alone. You know, I've always had support and always acted in support of others. So it's, for me, all these different things I've done, it's been a team effort. Yeah. And on Saturday, on Saturday, although the media hype was all about Peter Tatchell disrupts uh, Jeremy Corbyn's speech, in fact... I was there supporting a protest organised by Syria Solidarity. It was their protest. I was there to support them. And without them, 
protest wouldn't have taken place. So it's always a collaborative effort. Mm. And I'm so, so honored to have been part of so many amazing events and campaigns over the last 50 years of my human rights activism. It's been such a privilege, such an honor. And I just want to leave you with my, my, my final thought. Cool. Um, please, if anyone's interested, go to my website, petertatchellfoundation.org. You can there's a little join us button in the top right-hand corner. You can sign up. It's totally free. You can receive our email bulletins, or you can follow me on Facebook or Twitter. I'm and my, my motto, my motto that keeps me going is this. It's very, very simple. This is what has guided me. This this motto that I sort of made up on my own imperfect, you know, haphazard way. Yeah. This has guided me for 50 years. Don't accept the world as it is. Dream of what the world could be and then help make it happen. That'll do. That'll do. <laughs> Uh, that's perfect. That sa- that says it all, Peter. I'm going to tweet the the link to the Peter Tashel Foundation so so that people can find it quite easily. Um, thank you, mate. Uh, thank you for sitting and chat. I could talk to you all night. And uh, you know, thank you. Well, thank you, Ian, and thank you to your listeners. And best wishes for the new year, 2017. Thank you very much. That was a better year, Peter. You have an open invitation anytime you want to come on the show, boss, and talk about stuff. You're more than welcome. Absolute legend. Um, PeterTatchellFoundation.org. I'm going to tweet the link if you want to go and have a look. Um, that, we, that we should be that we should be so brave in our beliefs. All right, onwards and upwards. Your phone calls, please. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. This is Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Evening, dear listener. Thank you, Peter. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, you're more than welcome to. It's a show where we celebrate where we embrace, where we don't point our fingers and go, oh, look, they're different. They look different. They wear different clothes to us. We don't do that. We don't do that. We're here to celebrate and embrace. Imagine, imagine a radio show where there's very little negativity and there's very little meanness. And instead, we celebrate. Uh, That's what this is. That's what this tries to be. I don't always get it right. But um, I'm having a damn good go at doing something a little bit different and unique. If you want to give me a call, you're more than welcome to. You know the rules. No talk about Trump or Brexit because it's boring unless there is one caveat. Unless you have something completely new and unique to say that hasn't been said so far. Because if you want to hear, you know, talk about Trump and Brexit, go and listen to all the other places because that's all they're doing. Um Unless you've got something unique to add to the conversation, which you won't, which you won't. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. Bruce, hip hip hip, hip hip hip. Bruce, what kind of cake? Oh, uh, manna cake. What? Country manna cake. What? Say that again. Country manna cake. Oh, country man. What the hell is country manna cake? It's like a, a fruit cake with, oh. um, like, normally cast the sugar or something on top of it. I don't like wedding cake. Okay. Yeah, wedding cake for me is, mm. when I got married, we had a chocolate cake, I think. Wedding cake is, um, it's too heavy. It's too, is, is wedding cake is the same kind of cake as Christmas cake, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably a good uh, good way of describing it. I I had a three-tiered wedding cake, oh. and we had a, a fruit cake as a smaller cake. Yeah. Um, and a for the traditionalists. For the traditionalists, yeah. yeah. Uh, a lemon cake in the middle was the kind of mid-size. Beautiful. Uh, and the bottom tier was a chocolate. Oh, mate, now that is... Um, 
Is it only weddings where you get more than one tier of cake? Yeah, I, I think I don't. I don't uh, recall any other kind of occasion where you get a cake with christenings. Do you get do you get cake at christenings? You're supposed to eat a slice of the wedding cake at the christening, aren't you? I I, I don't know. I'm an atheist. Or is it when it's born, when, either when the baby's born or when it's christened? You're supposed to you're supposed to save a slice of the the um, the, the the wedding cake because that stuff lasts forever. It, it does last a very long time. That's thanks to all the alcohol. Of course. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. In. Here's the thing as well, Bruce. While we're discussing mm. cakes, we're going to move slightly on to puddings. Uh, as a okay. youngster, I hated mm. Christmas pudding. But now? But now, this year, I think is the first year, where actually I'm thinking, ooh, I can half murder a bit of Christmas pudding. I've, I've always been a big fan, but uh, my wife is not a fan of Christmas pudding. Yep. So It's not uh, worth buying have- it just for one, is it? Well, you, I mean, you can buy individual ones now. Oh, can you really? You can buy small individual ones. Can you? Uh, but we've got about uh, about eight people for Christmas Day. So oh. in that on that occasion, it's fine. I don't know whether they're going to eat the Christmas pudding, but if not, that's breakfast for the next few days. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm really looking forward to my Christmas dinner. I'm really, I'm not, I'm not feeling Christmassy, Bruce. I don't have the spirit of Christmas within me yet for various reasons. But, 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 yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to my Christmas dinner. Is there, is there a finer invention uh, on the Christmas dinner plate than a pig in a blanket? I think they're a bit weird, pig, pigs in blankets. That is mess, That is some messed up stuff. That's like invented by um, Tarantino, isn't it? So you're going to get a bit of a pig and wrap it in a bit of a pig. It's a bit like uh, my wife has no problem eating uh, chicken and egg. Yeah, yeah. In a meal. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's weird. Yeah. I, I mean, I that take on what you're saying. Yeah, but I, yeah, so I have the same feeling about that. Um, I wanted to call up. Yes. Um, because I, I thought someone should speak to you about the show last night. Oh. I, um, I just listened to the podcast. Yes. Um, I read your blog post, by yep. the way. Yeah. Which is very good. I listened to the podcast, and I've never found uh, one of your shows quite as hilarious, but also at the same time as terrifying. Oh. As last night. So I wanted to applaud you first of all for what you did. I think you were on exceptional form, Sony award winning form. Well, if, I'm, if only the me. Sony still existed, then um, maybe. <laughs> Not everyone got the gag. It would have been better. I tell you, the one thing that would have been better is if we'd had more phone calls. That was that was the only thing. And we got a nice little run in the last half hour of, of, of wonderful phone calls. Uh, and, and because we're a new station, um, and because it kind of came a bit out left of uh, left of centre, um, it, it it threw people off a bit. And, but we got some lovely we got some lovely calls from people that must have been listening for the last few months, and haven't picked up that I'm a liberal lefty, slightly mm. centrist. Um, uh, and they just suddenly these these words obviously triggered them. Brexit, um, Bramona's, ding ding, and they had to phone in, and yet they've been it listening was- for a while. It was like um, someone had opened a door to the asylum and the <laughs> inmates had come cascading out. I think my favourite, uh, one of my favourite bits was the halal turkey. So that was hilarious. Yeah. 
Um, and uh, the Sharia burger. Yeah, I like the Sharia burgers. I was I was a big fan of that. Um, and, and brilliant. And some people said it was a little bit mean because we were laughing at people. I wasn't laughing at anybody that called in. And 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 you know, I'm not one of these people that that thinks all Brexiteers are racists and thinks they're all but. they're all thick. And they do. I don't think that at all. I think some of them are racist. Some of them are thick. I think some of the the people that voted to remain are thick as well. Um, I, I think a lot of them are intelligent. You know, in, 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 intelligent people. So I wasn't laughing at them. It wasn't me poking fun at them it was me poking fun at um what i hear pretty much whenever i switch the radio on and listen yeah. to those kind of shows your job callers your um her callers won't even mention her name but yeah absolutely i mean thing is i'm i'm uh someone who voted for brexit um i didn't take offense to it and i think what was and i don't think you did i think what you what happened last night is you you gave people a platform and if they wanted to dig themselves into a hole they did and that wasn't that that wasn't because you were forcing them to you gave them plenty of outs yeah they were doing that to themselves i think uh, you know whether people think that might be cool or not that is the type of person that that was was on the phone last night and and that's how some people are and that's their choice they live their lives and in their own bubble and that's great but I don't think in that regard it was mean-spirited. I think it's a shame for anyone that did listen last night yeah, and felt that about it. a few people thought I was being mean to some of the cause, and, and if that came across, I apologise. Then maybe I didn't communicate myself properly, because it certainly wasn't an attack on anybody, uh, whatever they voted. I genuinely, I, I don't hate Brexiteers or think they're thick and racist at all at all. I think it's a very lazy um, uh, uh, thing. It was a comment on that style of radio, and I'm a massive radio geek and i listened to a lot of radio um, and it was a comment on on that style and it was a one-off and some people loved it thank you some people hated it that's great some people are never going to listen to me again because of it which strikes me as, as very weird that one show of 170 they didn't like means they're not going to listen to the next 169 shows some people have taken it as a personal uh affrontage that I, it, it, it was just me having a little bit of fun and seeing how far i could take it and uh, to, to 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 warm up for the show, Bruce. I watched some clips of um, Andy Hopkins, and because um, I was thinking, <laughs> uh, yes, I was trying to work out. I haven't got an out time, by the way. I was trying to work out um, how to pitch it and how far I could go. I didn't go anywhere near as far as she does. She is beyond parody. You, you will look mm. at some of the clips on YouTube. She is beyond parody. And I thought, right, well, I can't go in as heavy as her because people are going to think I'm, um, people aren't going to buy into it. So I had to kind of reel it back a little bit. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's like a Steve Coogan uh, character. Uh, Bruce, listen, thank you very much for that. I'm coming up to the top of the hour. Uh, Jerry, Dana, Rashid, stay there. I'm not losing my voice, am I? Can you hear it going a little bit husk? There's a little bit of husk. 03444991000 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Um, I did write a little blog post, which you can go and have a look at ianlee.com if you want to, about yesterday's show. Thank you to everybody who listened. Thank you to everybody who loved it. Thank you to everybody who hated it. And thank you to those people who won't ever be listening to me again. Who am I talking to then? Um, this is Ian Lee, uh, Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. It's a show where we celebrate. I felt dirty yesterday, so today I'm feeling clean. Want to come and uh, join in? 0344 499 1000. Across the UK, online and on DAB. A new kind of talk radio. We'll get you talking. Talk Radio. 
Another two hours to go, dear listener. 0344 499 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Jerry, Dana, Rashid, you'll all be next. Then it could be you, dear listener. Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Late Night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Here's a message from the Haters Club. Dedicated to the one I love. I've been cursed by your wicked kiss. Once felt it's forever missed. Forever missed. I'm a member of the Haters Club. And I'm hating every minute of me without you, you without me. Give me some. Give me some of that misery. That misery. I'm a high hater. I run with the best like a fader. And the witch of the west. Poisoning apples to make you ill. Like cruel and I'll set you up for the kill. It's such a twisted state of bliss. Ian Lee, Talk Radio, 0344 is the telephone number. Uh, if you want to give us a call, it's the home of free speech, dear, dear listener. You're welcome to take part. Jerry! Hello. Hello, Jerry Wagwan, my friend. Wagwan. 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 It always sounds like Doc Vaughn to me. Doc? Doc who? Doc Vaughn or whatever his name is. Doc, I'm saying Doc Khan. Doc, I'm listening to Frank. Frank Sidebottom. Oh, 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 always get sad. I'm still not quite ready to listen to Frank Sidebottom. I still get a bit sad when I think about lovely Frank. Christmas in Australia. 
Christmas in Australia. Oh, God, blimey. I, I, I can't remember that. I haven't heard that for so long. Oh, ho, 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 he, 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 the world is just like one great big gig. Oh, that's the wrong one. That's Christmas. Yeah, is really fantastic. I'm always happy with these songs. Say that again, Jerry. You're a little bit slurry this evening, but I'm we're done. I'm sorry about my energy drinks again. Oh. And my pill's a bit late. Oh, I see. I see. Don't you worry about that. You know, we'll always, we'll always uh, sit and wait until, in, until I, I can get a, a fine tuning in what you're saying. How's things going, Jerry? You're right. Yeah, it's been a rough couple of days for me. A couple of weeks in fact. Why? What's my, happened? My wheelchair's been melted down. Melted? Oh, Hang on, your wheelchair's been melted that, down. That, that jalopy that come around when you come visit me. Oh yeah, you knackered yeah. it though because you kept shaking uh, too much. It's got melted down. What the world? Are they the going to crematorium? Are they going to give you a, a, a new one, or is six that months, it? Six months. Six, six months. Wait for a new one. Ha- hang on, six months to get a new wheelchair. Yeah. What? I've got an electric one, but that doesn't mean it's all the time. So wrecked it. So six months to wait for a manual wheelchair. Six months to wait for a manual wheelchair. That's outrageous. It's a replacement. I've got to be reassessed. Oh, that one. Yeah, they do, yeah. Well, when is your assessment? Six months' time. That's in six months' time? Yeah, that's in six months' time. That's what we've got to wait for. That can't be... Hang on a minute. That can't be... Right. When my mum... When my mum's wheelchair um, gets knackered, which it does from time to time, because she's a terrible, terrible driver, um, they kind of sort it out... A couple of weeks, it might be, but they, 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 it gets sorted out quite quickly. I can't believe you've got to wait six months to get an assessment. Do you want to take me electrical on the way, which is nothing, but I thought it was going to a freeze, you know, freeze where I just can't move and stuck in the wheelchair so he couldn't get me out of it. Yeah. So I got to go in without the wheelchair. Otherwise, I thought it this one away as well. What can we do to speed that up? Because I can't believe six months. Six months is what I've been told. Oh, I do, I'm not saying you're lying. It's costing too much to repair it, apparently. Because it's only a couple of handles. Couple of arm rests and stuff, but it's too much. I damage it. I'm in semi condition. Here's the thing: Would you mind, Jerry, hmm? if we got in touch with Parkinson's UK? No, give it a go. Because well, I, ca- I cannot. Have you spoken to them recently? No, I've got all the gubbins, all different. Did you scare them off? No, probably. Hmm. I was on the floor when they come rolling around, trying to come out with three. I tell you what, we'll do tomorrow. We'll send an email. Have you got? You've got an email address, <laughs> haven't you? Yeah. Right. Message me on message me on Twitter with your email address, right? Cass got it. Beautiful. We we will send an email and CC you in to Parkinson's UK because you can't be waiting six months for a wheelchair, mate. I, that's that. I, I know you've got the electric one, but that's bang out of order. Yeah, that's the one. That's now because I've been sat. That's why I'm been. That's why I'm been calling up from because I've been zoning out. Yeah. Really. So I've been knackered when you come on. Yeah. Oh, well, hang on, hang on a minute, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. So, so you've not been listening recently? I tried, I've um, listened, but I'm just because you've, you've, you've been tired. Don't send, that e- don't send that email, Kath. Forget it. Forget it. Forget him. He doesn't deserve our help. No. Sorry, buddy. I do listen. Oh, no, send it. He listens. He got confused. Send the email. I just. Send an email. I, 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 six months. I, 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 well, that just sounds outrageous to me, mate. That's what we've been told. That's what we've been told. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll have we'll, we'll we'll have a word with Parkinson's UK, and we'll see if they can cast in an email now. We'll see if they can um, do anything to um, 
to speed it up. How much is it? How much is a wheelchair these days? They're not much the manual ones, are they? No, Cuban, Cuban nasties and belts, Cuban. I don't know, not much. Why do you? What? What exactly is the assessment that you need to have? I don't know because I wrecked some. It's probably costing too much in repairs. But it's just a couple of handles, a couple of side arms, and it breaks occasionally. But the pressure that goes through me is amazing. Yeah, well, yeah, and they've got to be um, kind of uh, 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 tough, because you, you, fair play, you give them a bit of a pasting, don't you? I, I do give them some ammo. I well, should, should be test, test to... They should be crumbling in action, put it that way. Right, yeah. listen, we're going to have a word with, with Parkinson's UK, right? OK. If, if it's really going to take six months, I'll buy you a manual wheelchair. Well, no, because I'm not going to have you... Uh, well, no, t- fair play. I've just looked online and they're affordable. If, if it had been a fortune, you could have got knotted. <laughs> um, but I- I'm not going to let you go six months without a manual... Wi- let- Listen, let's see what Parkinson's UK say. Um, and let's. Fi- but uh, you're not going six months without a wheelchair, Jerry. I'm not, I'm not having that. I'll-, I'll buy you one as a Christmas present if I need to. All right, but let's... Well, you to coffee for me as well. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that'd be an extra 50 quid. I've got some spotlights on it. Um, let's, let's see what we can do. Let's, we'll, 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 let's... And, uh, oh, it's getting close to Christmas. Um, <laughs> let's, let's... Uh, Tenzo Group for Argos to get on strike. Say that again. Tenzo Group for Argos. Argos strike. Oh, yeah, Argos drivers. Everyone's going on strike. I oh, know the Argos strike has been averted, hasn't it? I don't know. I think I heard it had been averted. I'm not totally sure. Jerry, let's see what um, Parkinson's UK say, and um, uh, if not, then uh, yeah, I'll, you know, not, not like this is a manual one we're talking about, not an electric one, yeah. Yeah, manual one. Yeah, because electric ones. The electric ones are yeah. sitting now, they're destroyed. Handles are falling off. It's just the pressure that goes through me. Yeah. Let's see what we can do, Jerry. Listen, um, we'll, we'll 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 talk again soon. All right? We'll, we'll, it's not six months without a wheelchair. They're about, well, between 100 and 200 odd quid. I'm not going to let him not have a wheelchair for six months. Flipping heck. Oh, man. 0344 499 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Alan, Dana, Rashid, come to you after this. Unmissable late night radio with the original king of unconventional conversation. Make contact with Ian Lee. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Evening, Rashid. Oh, Ian, celebrate good, good times. Come on, yeah. It's a, a celebration. party going on right yes. here. Yes. Apart from yesterday, not to last throughout the year. Apart from yesterday, when Ian was really mean. Now he's feeling dirty. Now he wants to be clean. Oh. Celebrate good times. Come on. You finished? Yeah, Ian, wasn't he amazing, eh? What's his name? Peter Tatchell. Peter Tatchell! Peter Tatchell right. with his satchel! Uh, he, you know, he's, he's good, isn't he? He's an inspiration. He's an absolute inspiration. Imagine, imagine putting yourself in actual physical danger um, to stand up for other people's rights. What a, what a legend. Does, he does a lot. Even, even people who are cu- accused of terrorism and things like that, you know, Islamic terrorism, he, yep. he stands with them. You know, when he sees an injustice, that man... I tell you what, if it ever kicks off, I want him on my side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, totally, totally. By the way, look, can I just say, I've got loads of people on Twitter 
um, who are saying they are gonna um, they'll chip in a few quid towards Jerry's wheelchair and a look. Yeah, I would do that. No, 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 don't, that. no, no, don't, no, no, no. That's not that's not what this is. Let's see if we can get it sorted out through conventional no, let's means. Get anyone with flashing lights and everything. Oh no, don't be stupid. Let's get this sorted out. Let's see if we, if Parkinson's UK can can work a little bit of magic. But if not, I, you know, I, I said I'll get him one. I'll get him one. We'll see what we can do. So don't. Well, we want to share. We want to share in the in the. In the goodness. You can you can bathe in the glow of my goodness, Rashid. How's about them apples? All right. Man. Thank you no very problem. much indeed. What you got for us, here, boss? Here. Yes. It's uh, it's that time of the month. What do you mean? Blue moon. Uh-oh. You saw me standing alone. Oh, here we go. Without a dream in my heart. Pathetic. Without a love of my own. The hell was that about? Dana! Hip, hip, hip. Thank you, Dana. You're through. You're live on the air speaking to the nation. Hip, hip, hip. Hip, hip, hip. Yeah. Peter I'm all, I'm all right. Yeah, Peter Tatchell, what, what, oh. what a, a thoroughly decent, entertaining, um, slightly theatrical, it's got to be said, in some of his performances, um, but what a good egg. What a good egg. Oh, I met him in the early 90s at, um, at an outrage meeting. Oh, yeah. I think I might have met him a couple of times, actually. Outrageous. And... He was he was just lovely and and yeah so I I just wanted to say that I really enjoyed that but I just need a couple of things yes um, yesterday um, I I was all riled up and I wanted to be angry oh. yeah I wanted to ring in yes. and I actually ring in and said to Kath I can't be angry so oh. I, oh. that's okay but, that's good that's not that's not a thing to be ashamed about not being able to be angry. You know, so I, I wanted to be angry, and I, you know, I was trying to find my 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 inner Julia Hartley, but it, it just wasn't there's wasn't too coming much, out. I'm there's afraid. too much anger in the world, Dana, and sometimes it's yeah. kind of, it's worth just sitting back and going, do you know what? Everything's all right. Everything's all right. You know. Well, it, I, I wanted to just. I sat back and let everyone else be angry. Yep. 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 There's, there's a um, lot of anger there. But um, today, I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, uh, all the special programs mm-hmm. that that talk radio uh, have done regarding the the Horn Dogs Trust. Oh um, yes, yes, yes. Uh, we've really um, got behind that. Huh? It, I thought Paul Ross was was wonderful this morning, and all all that he's done for for for, for this amazing cause. Yeah. And 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 him wearing that thong like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. While type very type, erotic type walking. Yeah. You know. Live on the radio, like that, I thought was particular, and I, I, I'm going to give all as much as I can to that. Brilliant to that to that cause now. Good for you, Dana. So well just, done, well done. Dig deep. Wanted to thank you for bringing that deep. to us. Dig deep. And and the only other thing, because you know you're very busy, but I just wanted to wish everyone a happy, happy, happy weekend. What? I'm, I'm working. I'm working tomorrow night and Friday. We don't so wish. When are going to We're not in America. When do we start wishing people happy weekends? What the hell are just, you talking about, woman? Well, I, I, well, no, but I, again, I just want to be nice to everyone. It's just that I, I won't be able to listen for a couple of nights, so I'll have to podcast. Yeah. And I just, you know, want want the world. We will to know make that sure, I'm Dana. We will make sure that we do um, miserable rubbish shows. Okay. Couple, we'll do a couple of rubbish shows. How's about them apples? Yes? yes? So I'm not missing anything now. You'll be missing absolutely nothing, Dana, whatsoever. 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number. Money!
Hello, Liam. Oh, flipping heck, man. What's going on? You, you better be phoning up to tell me you're dying. I've been bullied by a bus driver. You've been bullied by a bus driver? Yeah. Really? What's going on? He's been missing me about for a few weeks. He, he, put, he, he won't pull the bus up to the bus stop. He'll, if he sees me, he'll take it forward about... Ten meet, ten yards. Right, for those who don't know, Manny's blind, okay, which is or, why this is, yeah. Or, 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 he'll, like, put it behind the bus stop, right? Yeah. Monday, this old lady, she grabbed me arm and she goes, come on, there's a big queue, I'll take it. And he goes, what are you doing that for, old dear? He's blind, he can walk. <clears throat> so oh. I didn't say nothing then. Full of heart. Mm. Yeah. Then he... Move the bus forward um, Tuesday. Yeah. So I walked forward. I got in the bus. As I remember sit down, he sort of speed, he puts his foot yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, so you so fell I, over. I, no, I didn't fall over. I grabbed the rail. Yeah. So Wednesday, I was about to give him the money, and then he got not in my hand, put it down here. <laughs> Anyway, he, he said, I've got no change. I said, okay. So when I was coming back, instead of putting um, 190, uh, I put 180. I said, you owe me 10 pence. He goes, nope. Oh. <clears throat> and he goes, um, 190, you'll get off. Flipping heck! Yeah, what a winker! I was chatting to this chap today. Yeah. He should be accepting um, my bus pass, but he says we don't accept um, West Midlands bus passes. Yeah. And then the, the other chap told me, he said he should, because he should only charge you half the fare if you've got a West Midlands. So tomorrow, I'm thinking getting on the bus, yeah. when he shoots off, fall over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, then get, then get, get about 25 grand for that. <laughs> Have you phoned up and spoken to the bus company? That's what my missus says she's going to grab him tomorrow. Yeah, well, I, I would suggest... Um, <laughs> do you want to do that, Kath? Right, Manny, don't tell us the name of the bus company. I will tomorrow. Well, well do, do you want Kath to give him a call? I can do. I'll get all the details. I was, I was going to. I was just going to get the big gear from Manny tomorrow. We've turned into bloody um, Jonathan Vernon Smith here, Look at, which is not a bad thing. He's I, a brilliant broadcaster. I was, I, I was going to get his details and say, oh, um... Could you give me your details for the bus company? If it says what, I was going to say, like, we want to hire a bus. My wife said, no. Is there any chance? This is, this is, is there any chance, right? She goes, she goes, no, tell him that you want your details, that you want to put a complaint in. Yeah, yeah. Is there, is there any chance, Manny? Um, are you, are, are you able to record stuff on your telephone? I know it's yeah, I, I've, oh, I've got a dictaphone for yeah. that. Use your finger like everyone else. I've got a dictaphone. Use your finger like everyone else. Okay. Could you, uh, if you could get a recording of him mm. being a plonker, yeah, that would sound great on the radio, wouldn't it? I can do. Wouldn't it? I will. I will do. I'll next week or so. Yeah, yeah. Record him. Um, not, 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 not just one. I'll get a few. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Record him um, being mean to a blind person, <laughs> um, and um, we'll, we'll destroy him, and we'll destroy the um, the bus company. Couple of weeks ago, I says, "What, what time yeah. does the bus come back?" He goes, um, "It's twenty to the hour." And a couple of weeks later, um, I says, "Tim, I says, well, what tell you? I've told you once, twenty to the bloody hour.'" 
I mean, he in fairness he to only, him... He only, he only does it to me, because I'm the only Indian that goes on there. Manny, in <laughs> fairness to him, blind people can be quite annoying. I'm joking, yeah, well, of course, for crying you out loud. Right, You're quite annoying. You <laughs> um, get, get some recordings, Manny. What is, what is wrong with everybody at the moment? Everybody's so miserable. <laughs> Me? No, we're not having this. I was just going to say to you, before, um, yes. before I rang, um, I'll, I'll chip in some money. But you said you don't want... No, no. I'll chip in some money for the wheelchair. No, no, no. We're not, that's not, we're, not, we're not doing that as a thing. We're not doing that as... It's, it's not, we're not passing the hat around. If, hopefully, Parkinson's UK. I know, so, but... If not, but, but, but you're a kind man, Manny. Listen, I'm going to pass you back to Kath. Tell her the um, the details of the bus company and the name of it and the route and stuff, and then get us some recordings. Um, we don't want that. We don't want that going on, do we? Do we really? I don't think so. Um, oh, they're all coming out of the woodwork. Let's go through them. Alan! Hip, 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 there! Hip, 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 Alan! I'm sorry I didn't call that, like but you scared me. What? Why did I scare you? You were getting all serious and mon- on old Julia Hartley Brewer. Yeah, these these things happen from time. It's good to keep you on your t t t t toes. I was watching performing from professionals last night. Yeah. The World Variety. Say that again. The World Variety performance was on last uh, night. Was it on last night? Oh, I saw. God, I bet that was dull. It was like performance ring for professionals. <laughs> like I say, I bet that was dull. Well, just the number we got talent was good. Yeah. Who, who uh, was on there? Robbie Williams. Yeah. Lady Gaga. Oh, gosh. Rob Beckett. Yeah. Emily Sandy. I don't... OK, you're just... You're, 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 you're listing... Um, uh, 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 there was a good performance by Bunny Clifton. Oh, was there really? I like Bernie Clifton. I like Ro- I like all of those people. I like Rob Becker. I think he's he's very funny. The BG was on, wasn't he? Barry Gibb. Barry Gibb. The BG was on. I can't it? believe he's seventeen. He's still going. It, can he do the falsetto anymore? Yeah, he's still he done it. Does he? Yeah. He looks like a he looks like a silver lion now, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. with a perfect man of hair. Yeah, absolutely. What a what a legend, Sir Barrington of Gibbages. Yeah, we miss Robin and Morris so yeah. much. Well, well, yeah, yeah. But, he, he, you know, fair play to him for having a go. Um, I didn't know the Royal Variety performance was still a thing. Who's hosting it? Michael McIntyre. David Williams. Oh, Williams was, was he? Williams is very much the man of the moment, isn't he? Yeah. I've not is seen... him in today's paper with Owen Cole? Yes, I did. Recreating that Orlando Bloom paddling down the um, Swanee River uh, picture. Paper made to send out Alan Carr's ding dong. Yeah, well, they they have to pixelate it out because you don't really want to see a, you don't really want to see a ding dong in a newspaper, Alan. Do you? Do you? No, no, no a bit too much. Yeah, so I've never did watch. Um, he's uh, yeah, David Williams really is the man of the moment. Has his new series started, David Williams and Friends? Yeah, it's been on BBC One the last few Fridays. Any good? It's really funny. Really. I like David Williams. I think he's funny, and I, I bet he's. An, I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I met him years and years ago, and he was always very, very delightful to me. Um, and I do think he's he's funny, but I, 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 the show's not had the best reviews. Could be a turkey, like Christmas turkey. Oh, it could be, could be, couldn't it, Cads? What are you doing for Christmas? I'll be at my mum and dad's. 
Looking and for... I'll be calling for New Year. Uh, yeah, New Year's Eve show, guys. We're, we're here, nine till one, on New Year's Eve. And uh, it, Harry Hughes on Christmas night. Sorry? It Harry on Christmas night. Is he at, well, it's a, it will be, uh, I imagine it will be a pre-recorded show. Oh, right. Yeah, well, uh, yeah I, I imagine that'll be the... Uh, I will be fast asleep long before then, because when you've got two little kids at Christmas, it is exhausting. Yeah. It knackers mm, you out. Well, kidding. Oh, is that it, Alan? Are we done? Yeah, we are. Fair enough. Fair enough. You can't argue with those stats. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. This is Talk Radio. Late night conversation worth losing sleep over. Ian Lee. On air and off the leash. On Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Cha! 0344 499 is the telephone number. I'm very excited because I have booked tickets for Saturday, Saturday um, to go and see the new Star Wars film. Now, I'm not a massive. Star Wars fan, but now I've got two young boys who will be seven and f- 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 five in Jan- January, um, and uh, they love Star Wars, and so it's kind of exciting um, watching big pop culture phenomenons through their eyes, and they were worried because they're going away for a few days um, this weekend, and they were worried that they wouldn't get to see the film till after Christmas. But luckily, um, I thought it was opening on on um, Saturday. It opens on a th- Thursday, I think. Is that right? Does that sound a bit right? The film opens on a Thursday, so we're going to go Saturday to see it. I don't know if it'll be any good, because they're doing this weird thing. Richard and and, and Ken, stay there, I'll come to you in a minute. They're doing this weird thing where they're making the three main Star Wars movies, um, but then they're releasing, like, sort of Star Wars movies in between those Star Wars movies. Do you see what I mean? I don't... Sh- I'm not sure I see what I mean. Um, so they'll be... Um, they'll be doing that, and there's a Han Solo film they're going to release. Oh, I don't know. It's just a way... They might as well just say, Ian, could you please send us a couple of hundred quid, um, and we'll send you a load of old tat. That's what they might as well say. Um, but so that's this weekend sorted out. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. Richard! Hey, how's it going? Hey, Richard, you're right. Yeah, good job. I've had a long scrub since uh, yesterday, call. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, also, is this cast phoning and um, writing letters to people saying a service you're offering? Because I've just moved <laughs> house and I need to like, contact my bank and my phone network and something from a new address. Cath so. is either indicating she'll do one more or it's um, jog on. I'm not sure which. <laughs> it's quite a few, really. It's one job, really, but it's, you know, it's quite a few different letters when you write in. <laughs> you're on your own, fella. We don't mind helping <laughs> some bloke with Parkinson's. We don't mind helping some blind bloke. But you, Richard. Do it your bloody self. Uh, <laughs> no, um, yeah, I just wanted to, uh, well, ask, what, not you personally, but what, what the hell were you smoking in the 80s? Um, Sorry? I saw this video earlier. It's a clip from uh, Noel Edmonds' uh, like Saturday Night TV programme. Yeah. Um, it's a stunt, but not the, obviously, tragic accident one. Oh, but gosh, I've yeah, heard yeah. The, the tragic accident one. Yeah. And just thought really like, oh, you know, it's a one-off accident. These things happen. You know, it's sad. Um, but there's a video of, of, of like an episode, and it's um, they do like a car stunt, like the car set, like drive over a ramp and jump over those other cars. Yeah. And they're using like rubbish cars, like a Ford Escort. Yeah. And uh, the first one goes, and it just flips and goes into the crowd, nearly hits like someone, nearly well, nearly kills John Peel. But luckily, everyone manages to sort of step back, and wow. uh, the driver's okay and everything. Yeah. 
And you'd think, like, this is live, you'd think they'd go, oh, God, this has been really poorly uh, done. <laughs> we'll we'll stop now. Yeah, this car literally just flies into a crowd of people and just through quick reaction times, luckily no one was killed. Yeah. And later on in the programme, they give it another go with another car. And, of course, the car does exactly the same thing. Not really? it, it flips in a different way and just is absolutely crushed and there's no roll cage in the car. And, and this time it's not immediately obvious everyone's okay. So it cuts back to like a sort of a bit of a somber Noel Edmonds going, oh, God, have I just broadcast someone dying? Yeah. Um, but I was just like, well, firstly, who decides to do that in the first place? Secondly, you do it the first time it fell. You know, what was the thinking there? Like, well, it's not going to Well, Richard, come there. on. If you fall off your bike, you've got to get straight back on. Uh, you know, you, we, we learn from our mistakes. Maybe that's why kids these days are so, you know, soft. And yeah, because of that. <laughs> because because of that incident. I don't remember that. What, what was that, the Late Late Breakfast show or something? Yeah, yeah. It was, it, look, and now I understand, obviously, what, what led to them ending up killing someone. There was clearly no regard. And they did, and it was, um, what was the gentleman's name? Was it Jeffrey Love, Michael Lush? Michael Lush? Michael Lush. Michael it, Lush. Yeah. And it's, it, it's difficult to remember that, that, that it was the, one of the most horrific things. And my dad worked at the BBC at the time, not, not connected with that show, but... Um, it was for those who don't remember it. Noel Evans did a Saturday evening tea time show, and um, each week they'd spin a wheel, and a, a random person would then spend a week learning a stunt. And one of the stunts, if I've got this right, was 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 this gentleman, Mister Lush, had to his. He, he was in a metal in a box that was box. held up. Oh, it was held up by a crane, and he was he had to escape from it. It was an escapology act, and it went horrifically wrong, um, and he was tragically killed. Yeah, um, and it, I was reading it today, and it wasn't, it actually was an accident. They'd been warned they needed to use three ropes, and they'd been warned they needed to use, like, a different type really? of caliper or something. Really? Um, and they just ignored it, and the health and safety director wasn't present at all. And it was massive, and I remember the, 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 my dad telling my mum, well, not telling us because we were too young, but I overheard the conversation um, about the, 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 the shock that went through the BBC. You know, everyone was touched by this absolute awful and as you say, avoidable um, tragedy, and the show was taken off the air. And it, uh, but but then, but then Edmonds came back a few months later with with the same show, but it had a different name. Yeah, without the stunts, I remember. That, like, so I was like, sort of, uh, I was born in eighty nine, so I remember, like that was for my time. But I remember House Party. I remember there was another show on at the same time called You Bet, which has had sort of similar stuff in it. Oh, You Bet was great. You Bet was hosted by Matthew Kelly, and I think Darren Day hosted it. And my favourite thing on You Bet was they had this guy who could recognise um, a song by looking at the grooves on a record. No. Yeah! Oh, it was brilliant! So they have a record with no, no label on it, and he'd look at it and he'd go... Um... Please please me by the Beatles. Uh, I'm going to get lost in another Wikipedia circle. I swear like, to God. I, I, oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. I'm right, aren't I? That was an act on you <laughs> bet. Uh, maybe it was classical music, but I think it was just anything. He could look at it. That is, uh, if that's true, that's the best thing I've ever heard. And why, why isn't he, like, a household name and a multi-billionaire? Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. I've got that right, haven't I, guys? I've, I'm sure I've got that right. You bet. I couldn't watch you bet. I found. I, I find um, stunts, live stunts, wherever they be, whether it be memorising cards or recognising records from their grooves or whatever, it makes me very, very nervous.
Because I'm worried it's going to go wrong. Sort of a, a, a smaller risk than driving a car over some other cars. Oh, so. yeah, definitely. But I just the thought of the failure. And here, and also, here's the thing. You know um, spinning plates, right? Yeah. You know that's a con. Really? Because they're, they're not like the plates you get in your kitchen. They're plates that have got like a little, um, like a little dip in the middle. So when you balance oh. them on the stick... They'll stay yeah. on the stick. And so when the spinning slows down, they won't fall off. They'll just tilt over to the side. Oh, what? You just ruined... That's my favorite, that was my favourite thing. My favourite activity the weekend was to uh, go out and watch people spin plates. You well, just... Richard, I've, I've, I've totally destroyed that, that, um, that pleasure. <laughs> it's true. First time you, 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 re- you realise... Uh, hang, hang on a minute. Those plates have got like little dimples in the middle. They're not falling off. It's a con. Have I got that right, dear listener? I am sure there was a gentleman on You Bet, which was a fantastic show, um, and he could recognise records, songs, by looking at the grooves in the record. Now I've said it out loud. That sounds too fantastical to be true. I think it is true, though. 03444991000. This is Talk Radio. Uncut after hours conversation for the up all night generation. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. I didn't imagine it. Now, I don't know if this is the same bloke, but some a few people have sent me a tweet, a, a, a link, thank you, to a gentleman called Arthur Lintgen. Right. I don't know if it's the same guy. Listen to this. Arthur B. Lintgen, born 1942, is an American physician who can recognise... It's classical music. All right, it is the same guy. Who can recognise classical phonograph records with the naked eye. He lives in Philadelphia. He claims no extrasensory powers. When Lintgen sees a vinyl record, he can recognise the music in a couple of seconds. Based on the physical construction and the grooves and contours on the record, he can recognise sections where music is loud or quiet, the length of each movement and so on. Then he uses... This is flipping brilliant. I've very quickly tried to find a a clip of him on, on YouTube and I can't. Then he uses his extensive knowledge of European classical music to recognise the music. He can also draw extra information about the structure of the vinyl. For example, because records from different companies are slightly different, he can sometimes guess the conductor. His ability is strictly limited to classical orchestral music by and after Beethoven. I was going to say Beethoven there, the Bill and Ted reference. Um, Isn't that funny? Arthur Lincoln, it's it's a real person and he's still alive. Um, if someone can find a clip of him, I'm sure he was on you, Bet. Someone can find a clip of him, we'll have that. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. We better get to Dennis before he dies. Good evening, Dennis. Good evening, and how are you this evening? I am fine and dandy. I get a little bit bunged up, Dennis. A little bit bunged up, so I might have a little cold I, coming, but I'm all right. I wish it was in your job with your kids because I used to love it when my children were young at Christmas time. Yeah, I really did. It's magic, actual it's magic. Faces. Yeah, yeah. Especially when there's some of the rubbish I'd bought for them. <laughs> oh, it's it's actual magic. And, you know, there is nothing like um, Christmas Eve, putting them to bed, and then Christmas morning when they get... It's just it's just a joy, you know. It is just a joy, and I'm, I'm so blessed to be able to yes. share that. I'm glad you are. But it's the other way around with me now. You see, I get looked after at Christmas. Yeah. 
I've got the three boys mushing around. One of them's coming over to cook Christmas dinner for us. Beautiful. His wife, and uh, and then we can sleep in the afternoon when I've had three quarts of a. <laughs> a I'm jealous of that. The little afternoon nap. You don't get that when you've got uh, five oh, and no, seven no. year olds. No. So no, it's, I'm looking forward to Christmas. I'm 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 not really Dennis because there's a lot of stuff going on. And it, it, I, I'm not really. I'm looking forward to to the the moments I've just said, but um, uh, 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 breaks where breaks from my routine are not particularly healthy for me at the moment. I don't expect you to understand this. Um, so I'm 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 having a week off, but I'm looking forward to getting back to work. Yeah, well, that's fine. Mm. But I'm looking forward to New Year's Eve as well. Yep, you we used listening? to go calling around at one time with oh, a yeah. piece of coal in your hand yeah. and a glass and get kissed, wouldn't you? No, you knock on the door and uh, you get a drink and you bring the coal in to bring warmth into the house. Yeah. Yeah. yeah first footing. Yeah, first footing. Yeah. Did, you not get, did you not get a kiss from the woman of the house as well? Well, I got a kiss from some of the blokes as well. Beautiful. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about, Dennis. Yes, it is. Anyway, yeah. I'm not too much of your time. No, no, you never. T- Listen, we have a little bit of um, uh, banter now and then, Dennis. You know, it's always it's always a pleasure to talk to you, and, and you're you're such a good sport. Are we going to speak? Uh, we'll speak before, but are we going to speak on New Year's Eve? You're going to give us a call. I'll give you a call on New Year's Eve, certainly. Yeah. My work. um, a friend of mine, a friend yeah. of ours, Dennis, is doing a New Year's Eve show on another radio station. Is he? Yeah, and I wonder. I wonder what the rules are on kind of phoning him up while he's doing his right we'll see if we'll tell you what we it's Justin's doing a show on on a, on the radio station we that I used to work at um we'll, we I'll have a word with Justin and I'll see if he'll be generous enough to come on 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 this show on the phone cuz he's a good mate of mine yeah. I've not I've not seen him for such a long time um while he's playing a record maybe he'd be up for doing that he is a good bloke. He is a good bloke. I'll have a I'll have a word with him and see if it, see if he'll just come on. Memory. Yeah. I used to be able to have I had a, a sheet I'd worked out. Yes. Twenty two hundred and forty uh, four digit numbers. Not one of them was repeatable. What? And I could tell you which one it was. Go on then. Reading me say ten uh, A B. I used to alpha alphabet down one side. Yes. One to ten at the top. So they say. 10Z. And I used to be able to rattle off what the number was. Where, why did you bother learning all those numbers? Well, it was just one of those daft things. You get out a book on memory. Yeah. And uh, I thought, well, we'll have a try. And it did work. All right. Um, I can't do it now. 6D. Damn, it takes me all the time to remember me, me house number now. Oh, well, yeah, I know. Dennis, always a pleasure, mate. All the best, Ta-ta. anyway. Bye-bye. Ta-ta. We'll see if we can get Justin. Maybe. I don't expect to go on there that, sh- that station, which would be nice, but I don't expect to. But we'll see if, he- if he'll come on um, while uh, while he's playing a record. Shall we see if we can do that? Maybe we'll see if we'll get Kelly to come on as well. She's been sending me absolute filth recently via um, text, so we can we can pull her up on that. 03444991000 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Can I come to you in a minute? You've been waiting for ages. But before that, it's Craig. Ian. Craigie boy. I'm taking a punch. You seem to be nice to your listeners this evening. Yeah, well, you know, but I can turn at a moment's notice. Yeah, I was like Alan. I was too scared on yesterday's show. Uh, Listen to it all, though. Brilliant uh, show. It was all right. Do you know what? Um... I'm glad I did it. It was an experiment. 
Um, I, I've been wanting to do it for a while. I'm glad I did it. I enjoyed it. There were bits that could have worked a bit better and bits that I was really surprised at how well they worked. Um, but it was a lot of it was about the reaction afterwards. Um, and some people got very upset by it, which is which is odd because it's just a radio show, guys. It's just a radio show. You know, it's, it, it, none of this matters, Craig. None of this matters. None of it matters. No, but, and I've had to, a fair bit of blocking today on, on Twitter, but there you go. There isn't you go. that funny, though, isn't it? Yeah, isn't it, though? People, like you say, entitlement. Yep, 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 yep. Yep, 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 yep. So I, I recovered the, uh, I have a front and a rear dash cam yes. on my van. You remember I smashed my van up? Yeah. On, uh, oh, yeah, of course road. you were, yes, 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 you, you, you um, flipped it, but not all the way, just on its side. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I've uploaded 18 seconds of the rear dash cam to uh, to YouTube. Oh, beautiful. And I wondered if you wanted to see it. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. The, the footage of you crashing, what do I type in? I've just sent you the link now, immediately. Where have you sent it to? Twitter. Twitter. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. This is it. This is it. Is there swearing in it? <laughs> You're driving along. It's the rear. Going straight. Oh, still going. Oh, he's skidding. It's the back's gone over. And then Flipping the egg. Hang on, I've got to play that noise again at the end. Hang on. Bloody, I've retweeted that. It's like a Hollywood movie, isn't it? It is outrageous. <laughs> That is outrageous. Uh, did you did you go into shock last night? No, I haven't. I'm oh. still buzzing. I have to buy a new <laughs> van to take. I'm, buzzing. I'm still buzzing. <laughs> <laughs> you twit. Yeah. I've had to go into debt now and buy a new van, obviously. Yeah, yeah of course, of course. Yeah. And uh, so I'm back behind the wheel. Flipping it. What happens to the old van? Oh, it's, it's crushed a bit. The, uh, the, I had ladders on the top. Yeah. And when they hit the central reservation, they just crushed in all the passenger side of the uh, roof. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Man alive. But it sounds lovely, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> amazing noise. That is an amazing, amazing sound. Fair play. Well, I'm glad, oh, you're, I'm glad you you're alive, Craig. Excellent. All right, listen, thanks for calling. Ta-ta. Listen, someone's just sent me this. Someone's just sent me this. Is this going to... No, this might not work. Hang on a second. Oh, you're going to love this item. And if you're not, you'll stick... Boggle-eyed, I promise you. Paul Daniels, right? He is not a professional entertainer. He is a doctor. And he's come from America to present this... It's not the well, best I don't know quality, but listen. It. It's not an art form, but it's a heck of a lot of fun and to party. Ladies and gentlemen, you please welcome Dr. Arthur Lynchon. Ladies and gentlemen, he's going to recognise records just by looking at them. Hello, Doc. Look at him. You really are, aren't you? Doctor of medicines and things. That is correct. That is correct. Now, I Catherine, we've got to find Arthur Lintgen and get him on the show. You're not going to believe this. And you can try it yourself if you get your own LPs out. You can look at an LP and read the grooves. That is correct. It's classical music from a certain period. Uh, yeah, basically... Uh, Orchestral classical music from the time of Beethoven on to the 20th century, the early 20th century. I'm going to jump forward a bit, see if if we can see him doing it. That stays shut. That was wonderful. In fact, I'd like you to move it away towards your husband so that this man can't get... Hang on, here we go. And I'd like uh, you, Val, if you wouldn't mind, to 
to check the list. But first of all, take out the old piece of George and hold it up so camera five, no, end, uh, sort of flatten it to camera five to show people at home that we've marked them side A and then if you turn it over and hold it very steady. It's not the best quality. I'll retweet that. That's stunning. What an act. Now that, dear listener, is a proper act. Let me just retweet that. Incredible. That is a proper act. That's what it's all about, guys. Ken! Hello. Yes, Ken! Hello there, Ian. Good evening, Ken. Good evening. Uh, I listened with interest to your discussion with uh, Peter Thatcher. Uh, I, I actually uh, I remember watching that programme on the television when he was in Russia. Yes. And I was, I was absolutely disgraced for what happened to him also. The, the things which they're doing in Russia and, and in some and in the new, some Muslim countries to homosexual people yes. is a total disgrace. Oh, in some, uh, yes, in some uh, Muslim countries, they, they, they chuck um, uh, uh, gay people off of the top of buildings. Yes, yes. Th- this is shameful. Th- this, no genuine Christian supports this thing. It's not all Muslim people that do it. Um, and there are, there are Christians who, um, who also believe terrible, terrible things about gay people, about how um, what they do is sinful and how they're going to go to hell. I'm sure you don't think that, do you, Ken? Oh, no, the Bible, the Bible does certainly teach, for example, that adultery is sin. Yeah, but being gay, is, being, being gay isn't yeah. adultery, is it? Yeah, but, yeah, but oh, no. just hold on, Ian. Uh, the, the Bible is clear about sexual sin, adultery is sin, fornication yeah, is sin. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, 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 but hang on, gay, gay people, being gay doesn't mean you are adulterous. No, no, I'm saying that there's different sins, sexual sins. Oh, of course! Homosexuality. Sorry? And paedophilia, paedophilism. Yes, paedophilism. Um, okay, it's interesting, it's always, it's interesting that Christians quite often, it's, Christ, it's interesting that Christians quite often say the word homosexual and then paedophilism immediately afterwards. Where exactly in the Bible does it use the word homosexuality? I can't hear you. Yeah, where exactly in the Bible, Ken, does it say, Romans, does it say, Romans thou shalt not put your willy in, inside another man? If yourself, in Romans chapter one, but the, 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 uh, uh, God, what does it say? What does it say? Can, what does it say? Well, it says that the uh, men who have sex with men. No, 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 no. Give me the exact quote, because it doesn't right, say right, that. It doesn't say men who have sex with men, does it? Right. Let me get the Bible out. Please here. do, Ken. Right. Hold on. Because Romans chapter one. I'll y- just get it here. Yes, sir. I'm just at Romans now, Romans chapter 1. Yep. It says... Thou shalt not put your willy near another man's bottom. This is what it says here. Yes, yes. For the wrath of God, this is in Romans chapter 1. Yes. Verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Right. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it unto them. Get to the bit about being gay, Ken. Right. I'm, I'm trying to get to it. Just just wherefore, get to it. Wherefore, here we go, wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonour their bodies between themselves. Yeah, get, where, does the, where does it say, thou shalt not um, put your willy in, inside another gentleman? Where does it say that bit? It doesn't, Ken. It says here, for the... For this cause, God gave them up into vile affections, 
It doesn't. So vile affections means homosexual, does it? That's what it's speaking about. That's Roman your. Chapel, that's huh? your. That's your interpretation. It doesn't say anything specific about homosexuality. It doesn't say anything specific. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't, yes, it does. Ken. It doesn't, mate. Trust me. I lost my job over it. It yes, doesn't it does. say anything specific. What you're preaching, Ken, with that part of the Bible is hatred. You're preaching no, hatred no. with that. Oh, you are, mate. You are. You are. Uh, you are. Um, you are preaching hatred. Now, the whole Christian thing is lovely. It's all about loving each other and stuff like that. You are twisting a bit of the Bible and telling some people that just because they love someone who's got the same bits downstairs as they have, that they are sinful, Ken. Well, and that is hatred. Sin. That is it's hatred, not. Ken. Can I say something, Ian? Yeah, you it can. Is, it, is, it is not a sin for a man to love another man. It's just the sex bit, is it? That's the fun bit! That's the fun bit, Ken! God says it in the Bible. No, he doesn't, Ken. No, he doesn't. Trust me. I'll argue with people much better than you arguing about what it does and doesn't say in the Bible about being gay, Ken. It doesn't. It doesn't say that. And you're preaching hate, um, and it's, it's unpleasant, okay? Who cares? Who cares? As long as it's consenting, who cares where they put their what's it? Who cares? Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. This is Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Hi there, nice to be with you. Happy you could stick around. Like to introduce Legs Larry Smith, drums and Sam Spoon's rhythm pole, and Vern Dudley Bohay Noel bass guitar. And Neil Innes, piano. Come in, Rodney Slater on the saxophone. With Roger Ruskin Spear on tenor sax. Hi, Vivian Stanchel, trumpet. Big hello to Big John Wayne, xylophone. And Robert Morley, guitar. Billy Butlin, spoons. And looking very relaxed, Adolf Hitler on vibes. Nice. Princess Anne on sousaphone. Introducing Liberace clarinet. With Garner Ted Armstrong on vocals. Lord Snooty and his pals tap dancing. In the groove with Harold Wilson, violin. Franklin McCormack on harmonica. Over there, Eric Clapton, ukulele. Hi, Eric. On my left, Sir Kenneth Park, bass sax. Great honor, sir. Especially flown in for us, a Sessions Gorilla on Box Humana. Nice to see Incredible Shrinking Man on Euphonium. Drop out with Peter Scott on Duck Call. Gary Pomulator Casanova on Horn. Yeah, digging General De Gaulle on Accordion. Really wild, General. Thank you, sir. Roy Rogers on Trigger. Tune in Wild Man of Borneo on Pongos. Count Basie Orchestra on Triangle. Thank you. Great to hear the Rollinsons on trombone. 
Back from his recent operation, Dan Drop, hot. And representing the flower people, Quasimodo on bells. Wonderful to hear Brainiac on banjo. We welcome Baldunicum as himself. Very appealing, Max Jaffa. Mmm, that's nice, Max. What a team, Zebra Kid and Horace Bachelor on percussion. And a great favorite and a wonderful performer, all of us here, J. Arthur Rank on Gong. Evening, dear listener. Bored of the usual Brexit, Trump, immigration, Muslim claptrap? Well, you're free of it here. You're free of it here, dear listener. Um, This is a show where we kind of, we celebrate, we embrace. I know it's unusual. It's not going to be to everyone's taste. Not everyone will get it, right? Not everyone will understand it. And that's fine, okay? But uh, uh, on this show, uh, I'm bored of, of, of listening to radio and it's people pointing the fingers at people of different colour or different religion or di- who wear different clothing going, oh, look at them. They're the reason you can't get a job. They're the reason that you can't, you can't get a doctor's appointment. I'm bored of that. Th- those places exist and if you want to go and find them beautiful, you can do. Um, but this show is about celebration and it's about embracing all kinds of um wonderful wonderful things if you want to give us a call 0344 is the telephone number jim the dancer evening jim hello Ian. How hello. You? Oh, all right fellow how's it going uh not too bad i'm trying my best you know trying to bear up the things you know after the uh big breakup i had up in february when my friend died yep oh uh, yeah yeah I, 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 and how, how are things going uh, I'm trying to bear up to it. I'm struggling, really hard struggling, but I'm, I'm doing a couple of gigs now and again when I can. Yeah, so with, I, with, Chris, with Christmas coming up, it must be um, must be tough as yeah. well. Yeah, it's uh, there's, there's not much work around, and, uh, you know, I'm feeling the poverty a little bit at the moment, you know. Yeah, 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 of course. I'm sorry, too, you're having a tough time, mate. Yeah, uh, uh have you got any uh, parties going at all uh, in the <laughs> coming months? No! I hate parties! I hate parties! Not parties, uh, venues, you know, like do's and things. Well, we did, we, did one, um, we did one on um, Sunday Just Gone. Oh, I missed it. Yeah, yeah. you missed it. Because um, I know you're not keen. It's, it's in the same place. It's in Islington, and I know you're not keen on, uh, on, on travelling. Yeah, I, d- I don't mind going over so much now. It was the Halloween I didn't want to go over on, but oh. the... Uh, yeah, what I was going to say now. Well, oh, we've got one know. in February. The next one's in February, if you want to come and perform at that. Yeah, I'll come in February, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Then that's then on... that's yours, Jim. You've got a booking. Yeah, thanks. I'm on uh, Britain's Got Talent on Saturday for uh, an audition for the oh. last and final time. Hang on, Britain's Got Talent? Is that starting up again? Uh, yeah, it's already on. It's on every year, but I put in for it for this last and final go. One last swing of the dice. Yeah, and and how, how are you allowed to tell us how you got on? Uh, yeah, uh, I haven't been on it yet. I'm going on this Saturday. Oh, so you've oh, so you're they're recording it on Saturday. Uh, well, I'm going on Saturday for an audition, and right. then they if they want me, they will call me back in April. Okay, I see. Oh, I see. So this is a pre-audition audition. All right. Well, I hope yeah, I hope it works out for you, Jim, the way you want it to. Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that would be you. nice. All right, mate. But um, uh, what, what are you doing for Christmas? Uh, probably 
uh, being miserable, thinking of uh, my cat's gone and uh, my friend gone. Uh, there's not many places to go over Christmas, I'm afraid. You going to be on your own? Yeah, I'll be on my own, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I will... I'll be thinking of you, Jim. I'll, 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 I'll bow my head for a few seconds and think of you, mate. Yeah, I'll cu- I couldn't work the computer, by the way, and to get any messages in, but uh, I'm still on the Facebook. <laughs> All right, well, you work it out in your, uh, you work it out <laughs> in your own time, I'm sure. Yeah, sure. Okay. All right, Jim. Well, listen, you give us a call any time you want, mate. Yeah, good to speak to you, Ian. You yeah. too, fella. See you later on. Take care. Yeah. Bye-bye. Ah, oh, dear. Well, doesn't it just? Uh... Don't it just make you think, huh? Doesn't it? Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the um, telephone number if you want to give us a call. We'll be back after these messages. The radio show for people who know the best part of the day is the night. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Enthusiast, and he says that he can identify five roller coaster rides chosen at random from a list of 24 rides from England and America by just listening to the sound the roller coaster makes. Before we meet Andrew, I need some help to choose the rides that he's this going to brilliant. identify. Isn't it? And I'm going to get me help from up How here good is Matthew months. Kelly? How good is oh, Matthew Kelly? <laughs> right now, I want you to see up on those boards there, you'll see uh, 24 numbers coming up. So and this fella is going to recognise um, uh, roller coasters by the sound the roller coasters make. Hang on, let's jump right. Okay. Thank you to Al who sent me this. I'm right along with you with this one. I love roller coasters. I absolutely love them. Do you like roller coasters? Yes. Great. What was the first roller coaster ride you ever went on? The Grand National at Blackpool Pleasure Beach. Uh, yes, the racing one. The racing one. Yeah, and you enjoyed it so much. I got married on it. Did you really? I did. <laughs> you got married on a roller coaster? Yes. You sick person. <laughs> What's your favourite roller coaster? It still is the Grand National at Blackpool Pleasure Beach. Yeah. You old romantic. <laughs> right, let's just jump. I want to hear noise because they're a wooden type roller coaster, steel type roller coaster, okay, so I'll yeah. be yes. narrowing it down in that way. Let's jump forward to the bit where he does it. Let's see if he can actually. Mind, I miss you, Bet. You Bet was a good programme. Here we go. It's a roller coaster. That's the Viper at Six Flags Magic Mountain in California. Let's see if you're right. How the flipping hell does he do that? (laughs) You're right, this is useless, Tony. Okay. (laughs) You ready for the second one? Ready. Right, here we go with the second one. That's a wooden roller coaster. That's the Mean Streak at Cedar Point, Ohio. Well, it's either that or Judy sharing her lunch. Let's find out. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) That is nuts! And he goes on and gets them all right. You bet was the best programme ever. 
You bet was the best program ever. Uh, and then someone sent me this email. Patrick sent me this email. Um, you mentioned You Bet reminded me of the most amazing trick I saw on that show. By the way, if you want to call in 0344 It's the first time in the whole show that the, the switchboard is... Uh, we've got some space on the switchboard. So now would be an excellent time to call in if you've been umming and ahhing. Lots of people bottling it tonight as well. We've had about half a dozen people. I want to find out the speak to me. And, yeah, sure. OK. What do you want to say? Ah. Uh, so don't don't bottle it. I'll be lovely to you. You can phone in. Anyone can phone in. Loads of people bottling it on. They, they phone up and then we call them back and we can't answer. Some people don't know my name. Some people on Twitter saying they're going to phone up and then they don't phone up. Everyone's welcome. Even what's his for Everyone's welcome. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. It's just it's a loving show. We embrace everyone. So if you want to call in, and you're a bit nervous. Don't. It's a piece of cake. If not, I'll just sit here and go through the papers for the next forty five minutes. But. Patrick says, uh, you talking about you bet reminded me of the most amazing trick I saw on that show. There was a guy who would put a lighted candle in front of a speaker in a soundproof room and they would play something like any top 40 single from the past 50 years. And by watching the movement of the flame, he would name the song. Come on. It was incredible stuff, and he got them all right. I remember that one of the songs played was Kaylee by Marillion. <laughs> really? You bet. Who else? Didn't Ant and Deck host You Bet for a while? D- Darren Day. It was Matthew Kelly, then Darren Day, um, and then uh, Ant and Deck, I think, did it. And, and God, um, Matthew Kelly was on um, Paul Ross's show the other week because he's doing pantomime. And he was talking about pantomime. And I miss Matthew Kelly on the telly because he used to be Mr. Saturday Night. And the reason he stopped being Mr. Saturday Night is because there were false sexual allegations made about him. Um, it, there was there was a, 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 a story that he was a paedophile. And um, this is before it was trendy to be a paedophile. And, um, and the story broke and he got taken off of um, Stars in Their Eyes. And he never came back, despite the story being absolutely 100% completely false. And he never came back. And I always felt ashamed at the way we, and I say we, I mean Britain, treated Matthew Kelly. I felt we treated him appallingly because he's brilliant. He was brilliant. He is brilliant. Such a good TV host. And we treated him shamefully. Yeah, of course, the, the, the allegation should have been investigated. Of course it should have been. But as soon as it was found out that there was nothing there, we should have been bowing down in front of him, apologising and saying, what can we do? You want, you want uh, stars in their eyes back? Beautiful, you got it. You want another series of You Bet? Certainly, sir. Because TV is a worse place without him on. He'll never get back because he's, he's in his... What is he, 66 now, I think he said, when he was on Porous. So we'll never get him back. You have to make do with him in pantomime, which is great, which is great, but I'd rather see him on telly. I don't even know what Saturday night TV is anymore. It's, it's X Factor and um, Strictly, isn't it? Um, I don't really know what else there is. Doctor Who, I suppose, is it? Is it? I don't, I don't know. I want to see Matthew Kelly back on the telly. Let's get Kelly back on the telly. It rhymes. It's got to be a good slogan. David! Hip, hip, hip. What, what kind of cake, David? Uh, Jaffa. Oh, controversial. Uh, no, oh, hang on a minute. Hang on, say that again. Yeah. Say that again, David. Say that again. Jaffa. No need to be rude, mate. I was just asking. 
Seedless, you see. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 What you got for us, David? Oh God, my heart is racing. What? Are you nervous? Yeah. Do you want to listen? To, to you what? Have we spoken? No, 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 no. Don't, don't go away and come back. No, I was gonna. Li- I was gonna bring Al into the conversation. Do you, Al? Hello there, Ian. Now you're not nervous, are you, Al? Uh, oh, God. I just sent you the roller coaster thing, so I'm, I'm getting a vicarious kind of nervous. You uh, snowflakes! You <laughs> snowflakes make me want to puke. Um, I'd never seen that roller coaster clip before, Al. That was absolutely stupendous. Well. Uh, there's one thing I think that can top that from 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 my memory of you, Ben. Uh, yeah. This is how kind of sad and nerdy I could be accused of being, but I went to a talk about three or four years ago about the best moments of you, Bet. You um, went to a talk about it? <laughs> Who was giving a talk? That's brilliant. <laughs> it was. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Boring Conference, which is held in London. Oh, yes, annually. I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, James Ward, who organises the Boring Conference, he did He did a very amusing talk about... Well, he should be disqualified if he's something like you bet, because that's not boring. Well, you see, well, it's boring. It's kind of uh, a double... Well, it's, a, it's not a double <laughs> negative, but it's, a, it's kind of... Uh, it's, a, it's an antidote to the interesting conference, because there is something called the interesting conference, so they had the boring conference. But yeah, yeah. what I was going to say is, is, a quick one, is that there was a guy he talked about at that talk yeah. who was on You Bet, I yeah. think the German version, but they did edit it into the British version, yes. 1992. Now, his ask, <laughs> or his, his bet, was yeah. that he could identify postage stamps from around the world just by licking them. Oh. <laughs> just by the taste of international postage Come stamps. Come on. So what, so what, he'd identify the, 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 the country yep. that the stamp came from by the Absolutely. taste of the stamp? Now, at the time, Jones Ward showed a clip, and I've just searched it on YouTube, and I, well, on the internet. Yes. Let's not limit ourselves. Um, and I can't find the video. Well, if it's not on YouTube, then it didn't happen. Yeah, I know. That's, well, that's the it, thing, it, it didn't happen. Well, that's history now, isn't it? You know, you know that's, that's the, if history's not written by the winners, it's written by the YouTubers now. By the it? YouTubers. But, well, if anybody, everybody has been great tonight, if anybody. Carsten uh, Ebers was his name. So Car- if anyone, I think it's, that's why I've got it down as Carsten Ebers or Carsten Eber or Carsten Weber or something like that. All right. And he could, re- I mean, that sounds, you, you, you don't get those, um, kind of nonsensical there's no outlet for those acts anymore is there well there's honey g but i mean she's not really oh yeah i mean she's gonna make a fortune and good luck to her um but a man who can lick stamps and tell the taste tell the country by the taste he's not gonna he's not gonna get signed up by simon cowell is he no and and yet these are the people we should be rewarding with millions everyone should know this gentleman's name and should have dvds of him live in concert (laughs) There's a brilliant, there's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant TED talk, right? Um, And my boys love it. My eldest boy, because he's into maths. And it's this guy. And he can just, he's he's like mental arithmetic. And he's brilliant. And he'll say, he'll get people to um, give him like two four-digit numbers. And he'll multiply them and do it like in a second. And then I think he does one where it's like two ten-digit numbers. And it takes him a while. And he talks you through how he's doing it. He's going, right, well, so that's going to be a three. And I'm going to put the three up in that corner of my brain. And he goes to, and it's brilliant. It's, he's a geek. The geeks will inherit the earth. He's not a darts player, is he? No, he's no darts player. Because every time I play darts with, uh, you know, 501 with some of those guys, and I'm still looking at where my darts are in the board. And they've worked out where... uh, yeah. You know, where I'm scored. Yeah, so. exactly. Exactly. Al, see, nothing to be nervous about. You did brilliantly, mate. Thank you. Cheers. Tati bye. David? 
Yes. It's easy. It's easy. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's really easy. Um, <laughs> Go on, what you got for us? Um, well, I know I'm, I don't want to bring it down tonight or anything, but oh. um, I know you, you, you know, I listen to the podcasts a lot, yes. and I know you talk about mental health. Yeah. And, um, well, I'm, I'm quite new to the whole thing. Um, well, I'm not really new to it, I guess, but... What I'm trying to say is, two weeks ago, I was diagnosed with having depression. Yeah. And, um, obviously, you know, you're... I don't really know what I want to say, really, but I know your experience with it, a lot of your listeners are. Um... <laughs> was, the, was the diagnosis, um, was that not a slight relief to have, like, a name for it? Well, do you know what? I wasn't expecting it. Oh. To be honest, yeah. um, I right. I I was I was training as a teacher, yeah, yeah, um, and finding it really difficult. And it just got to that point where I I knew I couldn't carry on with it, yeah. And so I went to the doctors, and I was, I suppose, I was just looking to be signed off with stress, yeah. Uh, but then when he said. You know, when you said depression, it kind of shocked me a little bit. Um, but actually, it does, it kind of makes sense. What? And I've... I, I'm struggling, I'm normally excellent at guessing people's ages, and I'm struggling to get yours. I'm going to say 23. <laughs> God, no. I'm 35. 35, way out, way out. That's that's unusual. Yeah. Way, way out. Scratch that from the record, Your, uh, Your Honour. Um... That's probably the worst I've heard. <laughs> um, uh, and you're you're, tra- you're trained to be a teacher, so that would imply that, that. What have you been doing for the last ten, fifteen years? Then, um, I've I worked in IT for ten years. Yeah, how did that go? Um, yeah, it was fine. Mm. I, I only had, I I stayed in the same company, but you know that that reached its own conclusion, and I wanted to change and do something else and. Do something that was more worthwhile. So, what yeah. was um, what was ha- you don't have to answer any of these questions. Tell me to jog on if you want. What was happening that made you think, oh, I'm going to go and see the doctor because something's not quite right? Um, I was working every night, um, working till varying between about 10 p.m. or 1 a.m. Yeah, I was. You know, I've got a little kid as well, so working at the weekends was tough, but I was doing what I could. Yeah. And I was just getting massively behind. Um, it was just, it was completely unmanageable. Overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it just reached a point where I just, I don't know, I guess I kind of broke down. I knew I couldn't do it anymore. And so I had to find some kind of release. Well, and what do you mean by some kind of release? Well, to not do it anymore, basically. Yeah. I went to the doctors yeah. to essentially get a sick note so I didn't have to go in. And, um, and yeah, so he, he diagnosed depression and the next day I quit. Uh, was, was the quitting any relief at all? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, I, I've since since 
wiping all that from my uh, list of what I need to do, um, it, yeah, it was good. But then, you know, that that was two weeks ago. Since then, I've I found that I don't know. I'm kind of recognising things a lot more. I realise that I've always been fairly anxious in certain situations. Well, very anxious. Yeah. And um, and since then, I you know I've had good days and I've had bad days. Um, but I guess it's making me more aware of not necessarily what's going on in my mind, but yeah. But there's, there's something. Um, something there. So, um, what are you going to do? What is the, what has the doctor suggested? Are you, you going to speak to anyone? Are you going to? Are you taking pills? What's going to happen? Um, he offered. He said he could give me medication, or I could speak to someone. Right. And so I said I'd rather speak to somebody first. Yeah. Um, but you know how things are. I've, I've kind of applied to that, and I'm waiting to hear. So I'm. I don't know when I'm going to get to talk. To Do you know any yet. idea what the waiting list is like in your area? Three months or something it tends to be the the usual thing, I think. Well, they they reckoned it'd be like a couple of weeks. Hey, well that's that's good. That's good going then. Yeah, but you know, I'm I'm kind of I'm not expecting anything before January. But... What can I do, David? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I'm not really expecting you to do anything. I just. You know, I've 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 always been interested in your chats with various people about mental health, yeah. um, but never kind of applied it to a personal level. Um, I guess I'm just kind of saying now I will. Um, yeah, I don't really know what else. No, there's and there's there isn't anything else. Uh, to say, I I thoroughly recommend the Matt Haig book, Reasons to Stay Alive, as um, yeah, as I, a good read. I, uh, I I remember you talking about that and, and speaking to him as well. Um, and I, I I did Google that the other day, but I haven't ordered it. Order it on Amazon, and, and then you don't have to read it. You know, I, I had it sitting in my spare room for eight months because I couldn't face reading it. I didn't want to read it. Um, and then when I did, it was like, oh right, I get it. Um, and you know, call in any time. Uh, I, I, there's nothing I can say really, is there? But. You know, um, what can I say? Let me. Th- there must be. Something. Hang on. <laughs> let me think. There'll be something I can say. Hang on. Um, what would what would uh, what what works for me when people talk to me? Um, you're not alone. Well, yeah. Um, it will it will pass. Well, it will pass. But that's not very helpful. Um, Actually, the 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 podcast you had where you talk about loneliness. Yeah. That. That rang a few bells with me. Yeah. Um, and um, I don't know. It's weird because I I didn't really have, used to have a lot of time where I was by myself. Yeah. Um, you know, I was either at work or I was at home with the family. And, you know, I actually craved even just a day by myself where yeah. I could, you know, where I could do whatever I wanted. Um Whereas now, you know, um, I'm at home on my own during the day. Um, I've been finding plenty of things to do, but it it doesn't still doesn't feel like I'm having that. It doesn't feel satisfying. No. 
and and sometimes when I'm on my own during the day, I just I don't know frustrate myself. You're not well, David. You're not well. Um, <laughs> Thanks. No, you're not though. But you're not. It's it's, it's you, you know you might as well have been diagnosed with cancer or or a broken leg or whatever. You're ill. You know it's an illness, and that's. Uh, and I guess that's the thing that that you, we, I um, should try and and, and keep uh, uh, remembering. Um, yeah, well, you know, a couple of people have said to me, "Oh, well, now you've you've quit the the job. That's what was causing you the stress. You know, things will be better." And you know, to a degree, they are. But new st- new stresses, like new stresses there. will appear. New st- new things <laughs> to make you feel lousy will appear. I'm afraid, David. Yeah. Um, listen, I'm really glad you've called, and there'll be lots of people listening who will identify with what you're talking about. Um, and you went to the doctor. Well done for going to the doctor, because that's a big thing. And, um, um, you know, you, you can start getting the help that you need. There's yeah. nothing I can say that's going to, that's you know, that's going to make you feel better. Um, but a- apart from you can give me a call anytime you want. And hey, if nothing else, at least it gave me something to talk to you about. Because exactly! <laughs> We're brothers really in our misery! Yeah, I've not really had a decent reason to phone up before. Well, look, David, you can call in any time. Uh, up or down, yeah? Thank you. Nice one, man. Take care. Cheers. Thank you. Um, ah, it sucks, doesn't it? Doesn't it suck, huh? Um... 0344 499 This is Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee. On air and off the On Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Now, someone sent me this. Um, it's been doing the rounds. And someone sent it to me yesterday. But um, I couldn't retweet it because we were um, we're, we're doing the, 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 the angry show. Hmm. And boy, oh boy, didn't some people get angry. Some people um, took it on a very personal level. Some people won't be listening to me again. Some people listen to me tonight for the first time ever. Some people um, send to me all kinds of abuse. and Oh, it's crazy. It's just a show, guys. Just just get over it. Go, go and clean your own backyard up. Um, but I... Someone sent us... Uh, and, and Limmy tweeted it today. This um, app that lets you go around the world and listen to live radio. Now, I'm... I'm I'm not active. I'm not active. It's planting sound seeds, sprouting live radio. It's radio.garden. It's amazing, isn't it? That's capital. Are we here? Hang on I don't see. know whether they're FM. Oh, uh, is it only FM? I suspect so. Mm. All right, where should we go in the world? Um, I like um, Cuba. Uh, Cuba. Oh, it's, uh, oh, I don't understand globes. Where is where is Cuba? Right, go down, go past America. Yeah. There we go, Radio Cubana. You telling me they've only got two radio stations? Well, I suspect they're the approved ones. Jamaica. So you can go. Isn't that funny? I love it because. Kingston, Jamaica. Because that's what's happening in someone's house somewhere across the world. Okay, let's go to America. What's this? And then the other thing. Yeah, that, I want that one. Letter we had on Monday. If you worry about what Vegas says, which whether you worry about it or not, they're usually pretty Isn't accurate. It's funny. Radio.Garden. Um, Two games. One of them, point spread, dead on the number. 
The other one couldn't have missed by more. What's this? Hang on. Wow. Smiles. There's a feature on there where you can hear jingles. Let's listen to the jingles from these stations. Hang on. This is a jingle from... This is from 1962. God, this is geeky. You can go around the world, listen to the jingles. Hang on. Have a quick look at America. Hang on, let's go to America. Uh, here we go. What's this? Oh, what was that? The hell is this? It's from 1961. Isn't it weird? Yeah. 1970s. Here we go. It's the strangest. Whoever came up with this is an absolute genius. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a geek. Amazing, though. Oh, yeah. Yes, as a teenager, I, I, we had one of those radios with stations on, and I would uh, trawl through and find... Now I've clicked a, the a, Stories a button, and it's taking me to Radio Stories. Music of languages you could... Hang on a minute. What is this? This one is... It was a big part of our... Hang on. I, I'm struck, um, I'm a fairly late convert to Facebook and social media. This is the weirdest thing, I'm not quite sure what this is. You know, my favourite transnational radio experience had nothing... It's t- stories about radio, yeah. from all around the world. And what's this? Montreal, Canada. Welcome, this is Yaffa and her father, Leith. Today, on this Arabic lesson, we will be teaching you two expressions. Welcome and blessed Ramadan. Oh, dear. Controversial. I was in New York a year ago, and I remember turning on the radio, and... Uh, Isn't that funny? I love it. I some love it. music station came out. Great. Right, let's go to... Click on the history. We'll turn it for a minute. It's a bit geeky. Let's click on the history button. Okay, what's this? Oh, wow. From 1973, Danish reporter goes back to where he used to live in 1962. <laughs> oh my god, well this is this is the next three weeks sorted. <laughs> Benvenuti a Intermix, una radio internazionale tutta femminile. Oh, all women. Yeah, no, 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 I can't stop it. How do I stop it? No, I can't turn it off. Bienvenido a Fame Fame, una radio hecha por mujeres. No, stop. International Women's Radio. Stopped, there we go. It's good, though, isn't it? It's amazing. Radio.garden, it's, I mean, it's proper, uh, it's proper geeky, but, um, but what geeky fun. What geeky fun, huh? <laughs> Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. It's the last twenty minutes of the show, guys. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Oh three 
is the phone number. Sylvia! Hello, Ian. Hello, Sylvia. I, I've, uh, I thought your programme this evening has been quite interesting. Oh, thank I've you very much indeed. I've listened to Peter Tatchell. Yeah. And I thought is an absolute brick for what he has gone through. He's a what? A brick. Oh, she said brick. I do apologise, Sylvia. <laughs> I thought I heard something else. I thought that was rude. <laughs> uh, no, listening to him, and I've got nothing but admiration for him. I think he's an absolute legend. I think what we're going to start doing on this show, Sylvia, um, is every now and then, people that, you know, should be thanked, uh, we're just going to get them on and thank them. And what an interesting... Uh, story. I mean, you go on YouTube and look at some of the clips of some of the ridiculously um, violent situations he's found himself in. And I've met him. If you ever meet him, he's a very tall, thin kind of. You know, you you, you wouldn't you wouldn't pick him out in a. You wouldn't spot him on a, on the underground or anything. He's just this kind of you know normal looking bloke, and he goes and does these abnormal, um, brave things. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed that, Sylvia. Thank you. Also, are you listening, uh, Ian? Unfortunately, yes. Uh, what I'd like to say is, I can remember, do you remember Kenny Everett? Yeah, vaguely. I, I remember Everett, him a little bit, yeah. Kenny Everett, well, he, we're going back a few years, yeah. and he, he used to come out and said, I wish I was normal. Yeah. And because I can understand why he come out with that, yeah. wish he was normal, because of the abuse, because you had to keep it then under wraps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all I would say is, uh, there for the grace of God goes I, but what I would say is, Peter, never be ashamed of what you are. You have got to live how you are. Yeah, well, he does. And also, uh, uh, Ian, yes, I listen to Ken, and I like listening to Ken. Well, we, if you want, we can give you his phone number. <laughs> no, I don't want his phone number, but I like his uh, I like his attitude to life. And also, David's just been on yeah. about depression. Yeah. I've been there, and yeah. you can come through it. Um, can I ask you a question, Sylvia? Yes. Thank you. Um, how long have you been listening to this show? I've only knew. <laughs> I know. Was it was last night the first night that you listened? Yes. Was it really? What? A, and how did you how did you discover it? Uh, through the dials. <laughs> <laughs> so just I wanted to listen to something yeah. that uh, tells you how it is. Oh God. Um, well. <laughs> yeah, you're laughing, but can I say to David? Yes. David, yes. I've been there, yeah. and what do you think I used to be when I was depressed? A man. I used to avoid people. Yeah. And what do you think it is? I didn't take to tablets. I went cold turkey. I was given tablets, yeah. but people said I looked like a zombie. Well, but what do you think? Uh, you can come through it, and you'll be a better person. And never ridicule anybody with depression because no. it can happen to anybody. Exactly. Don't send rude messages with people referencing their depression as though but it's a sign of weakness. What I would like weakness. to say is, yes. you're a fantastic person because I've oh. listened to you and I listened to the chap yeah. uh, where he was his wheelchair. Yeah, oh, Jerry. Um, yeah. I like your attitude. We're going to sort it out, Sylvia. We're sorting it out. We're not having that. <laughs> We're not having it. <laughs> Sylvia, I'm glad you found us. I'd be interested to know how long you listen, but we'll 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 see. We're... Yesterday was an unusual show. It's not normally like that, but I'm glad you found us. Okay, thank you. Speak again soon, my love. Bye bye. Bye bye. 
How funny that it, she um, discovered us yesterday mm-hmm. on what was an unusual show, to say the least. I find it fascinating that she enjoyed that. Yeah. And enjoyed, I mean, she enjoyed tonight. Yeah, yeah. Good, good, good. Well, you know. You, you know. can, you know. You can, you know, guys. You can. I also like Sheila because she answers her own questions, which yep. I think is always handy, gives you a bit of a rest. Yep, 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 yep. Um... Well, let me get, let's get something from the papers for the last uh, 11 minutes of the show. What's, what have I written down here? Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. I've written some stuff down here. I'm half hungry. I've got the kids, I've got the kids tomorrow, so I'm going to get three hours sleep. And then I've got to drive into London for a voiceover oh, and yeah. then dash back to pick the kids up from school. I'm going to be crotchety tomorrow night. Don't. I am going to be uh, very, very tired, dear listeners. So tomorrow's show might be a little bit grumpy. Um, there we go. So, Mum Emma Tapping sparked an online storm. Oh, this is last Christmas, is it? Uh, oh, she's doing it again, though. Oh, is she? Oh, good for her. Where an online song last Christmas when a snap of her tree with a mountain of gifts went viral. Um, well, that's just people being jealous. But despite being accused of abusing her three children by buying them 80 presents each, worth £1,500 in total. Is that £1,500 for the uh, 80 times three? See, this is the thing. Cause... I don't think that's a lot for 80 presents. She must be buying well, little hang things like is stocking it, fillers. Is it? Fifteen hundred pounds for eighty, or fifteen hundred pounds all in two hundred and forty. That's why I understood. Well, despite being accused of abusing her three children by buying them eighty presents each, worth fifteen hundred pounds in total. Mm. So that's all. That's two hundred and forty. Yeah. Well, that's nothing then. I think it's all little bits and bobs. Emma has forked out even more this year for Mia, fourteen, Ella, ten, and toddler Tatum, who will each have ninety-six parcels to unwrap. Defiant Emma will defend herself on Channel 5's programme. The proud parent who runs a holiday cottage in the Isle of Man declared, I couldn't give a toss what anyone thinks. It's not going to change the way I do things. She added, if you ask me do I spoil my kids, I would say at Christmas, yes I do. But I don't spoil them throughout the year. My family make me proud. I mean, you can't, money. you can't have a go at someone for buying a lot of presents. I mean, it's ridiculous amount of presents and I don't necessarily... Um... I don't think kids have... She said... Uh, 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 I was reading another paper. She said that they haven't touched a lot of the stuff they got last year. But then that's her lookout, isn't it? If she's, if she's cool with that... This is the story. This is the story. I want I've got to a playroom. Looks like Toys R Us exploded. You know. Listen to this. This is this is this is freaky. This is going to freak you out. Mum bugged by card riddle for twenty years. You see this? Mum mm. Angie Kenny says she is baffled by mystery greeting cards being hand delivered to her home. They have turned up for the past twenty Christmases. Are addressed to Lynn and Bob. And signed, Eileen. But there's no Lynn and Bob, is there? No. This year's card contained a black and white photo of a holiday and couple holding hands with a girl. Oh, God, this is heartbreaking. I feel sorry for Eileen. A line from Eileen reads, I found this photo while sorting it out and know you will love it. 
Mum of two, Angie, 45, said, when it came, I heard the letterbox go, but there was no sign of anyone. Don't try and pretend it's a ghost story, <laughs> for God's sakes. No Lynn and Bob have ever lived here. It's strange and bugs me every year. Angie of Whetstone uh, hopes the photo might solve the puzzle. She said, it looks like it's the 50s. They're a very smiley family. It needs to be reunited with someone. Oh, God, isn't I that... feel sorry for Eileen, don't you? Of course I do. Because she's... Well, I feel sorry for Lynn and Bob. Because the real Lynn and Bob must be going, we've never heard from that bloody Eileen. What a cow. She's got all those pictures of ours as well. What an absolute cowbag she is. Good use of the word cowbag. Thank you very much indeed. I think that's um, that's sad, that story. Yeah. Don't you think? Eileen thinks that Lynn and Bob are having a good time and enjoying her um, missives and they haven't seen one. They haven't seen one. Oh, I'm tired. Flippin' heck. I am tired, dear listener. Oh three four 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 nine nine. Uh, 1,000 is the um, telephone number. Oh, here we go. Um, It's billed as a celebration of the seven most influential women from the past 70 years. Mm. So it was little surprise that Margaret Thatcher topped the power list drawn up by Radio 4's Woman's Hour. But scroll through some of the other names and things start getting rather unconventional. The decision to feature American pop star Beyonce, a strike leader, and even fictional singleton Bridget Jones has been described as unbelievable. Really? Probably by someone on Twitter. Yeah. I think Beyonce's fair enough. They were followed by Labour MP Barbara Castle, feminist writer Jermaine Greer, and Jaya Bendesai, who campaigned for better working conditions. The list was completed by Bridget Jones and Beyonce, apparently leaving no room for influential women, such as current Prime Minister Theresa May. Well, hang on, what has she actually done? Nothing yet, let's have a look. She's not done nothing yet. Um, American civil rights activist Rosa Parks. All she did was not was, was sit on a bus. Anyone can do that. I've sat on a bloody bus. Uh, or Catholic missionary Mother Teresa. Teresa. Don't they get it? Oh, here we go. This this list is partly to get publicity, you know. So if they put everyone's standard on, it'd be the same every year. Here's the. They've got the name of the person who said this was unbelievable. Go on. Who is it? Anne Widdicombe. Oh right. Okay. Oh, it's unbelievable. She's not on there. Can you get that phone call, please? It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Sadly, it sums up the way we celebrate the trivial in the modern age. I, I thought Woman's Hour could have done better. I don't think Beyonce's trivial. I think she's doing amazing things. There must be room for more weighty figures than Bridget Jones and Beyonce. What about Helen Sharman, the first British astronaut? Or Betty Boothroyd, the first woman <laughs> speaker? I phoned her once. She pretended to be her own secretary. Did she, she? did a voice. Did she really? Yeah, she went, oh, hello, love. Yeah, it won't be a second. Oh, oh hello, dear. Oh, she was great. And I don't want to state the obvious, but isn't Bridget Jones fictional? Yes, Anne. Justifying their choice, the Women's Hour judging panel said Bridget Jones illustrated the complexity of women's lives, while Beyoncé was described as a beauty icon and a budding race relations figure. Panel chairman Emma Barnett, who is also a presenter on BBC Radio 5 Live, said... And brilliant. All right, mate. She's been very nice to me. All right, mate. Bring Catherine into the conversation. Good evening, Catherine. Hi there. Hello, Catherine. Hi, it's Catherine from Manchester. Hey, Catherine from Manchester. 
Hi, um, I'm just following up with um, a campaign at the moment that we want to uh, publicise to all radio viewers. Uh, well, hang on a second. Do you know who you're speaking to? Yes, um, Ian from the radio. Yes. And have you been listening to the show? Pardon? Have, have you been listening to the show? Um, on and off I have all evening, yes. Yeah. Um, it's... <sighs> It's not really the kind of show where we, we kind of do campaigns. And I'm I'm slightly reluctant to let you go ahead in case it's a campaign that I disagree with. No, it, it's not a campaign where it's like um, out of order. Well, but I don't know what your campaign is. And it might be inappropriate... No, no, no. I can tell you for um, sure it's not inappropriate. But, but what... I mean... <sighs> I, um, I'm, it makes me very uncomfortable. Well, like I say, it shouldn't really be uncomfortable because, like I say, at this moment in time, it's for all your views to listen to. And like I say, I'm speaking to you live now. And like I say, I'm not a journalist. No, I can tell. I am not. Pardon, you can tell. Yes. That's quite intimidating. Uh, well, no, you're using the wrong words quite a lot. Well, am I able to speak now? I'm not, no, I'm not going to let you. Because it's to do with football, and can I talk about football? No, not really, Catherine. Pardon? No. Can I talk about the uh, world in general? Politics. What are you listening to in the background? What am I listening to in the background? Yeah, what? All I want to do is promote Saturn 5 to get to number one. Right, okay, thanks for calling. How do you think that... How do you... How did... Catherine, 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 how do you think that call went? She's gone. She put the phone down. What was that about? No idea. Flipping, but hopefully it? everyone viewed that. Yeah, I, I, I hope we got that, viewers. <laughs> oh, bloody hell. Where was she phoning from? <laughs> I know Manchester, but I mean... It, it sounded like from the the bottom of a glass of beer. <laughs> what was that about? I want to... What did she want to get to number Some, one? I don't know. She kind of defeats the point, doesn't it? But she kept using... I've never heard anyone use the wrong word so many times. <laughs> need to meet my mum. Well... Very similar. Everything. She, well, good luck, Catherine, with that campaign. I hope. I hope. I'm definitely going to buy something that goes number one. I hope it gets to number one, unless it's a song about I don't know that's promoting fascism. I don't know. Don't know. Well, where's the money going? We don't. know. On that bombshell, <laughs> we can't tear Emma Barnett apart. And I was about to. No, she's ace. No, 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 she, no, 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 mate. I was going to. I was going to tear apart. There's too many women um, on the radio these days. <laughs> oh. Wow. Gonna, let her know. I was going to destroy her. I will. I'll tell on her. Air. But um, she got she got away uh, this time. Okay, uh, back tonight at, at uh, ten o'clock. I'm gonna be very very tired, guys. Oh look, there's Ed turned up. Look at that slacker with his dicky bow of stray. Ta ta. Christmas on Talk Radio. You can also big turkey. We'll get you talking. Merry Christmas.